Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen we've got you covered multiple ways all righty today's a big oh monday and wow oh wow oh wow was that the best weekend of football in the history of the nfl folks oh my gosh every single game decided by walk-off fashion folks walk-off field goals for three teams and the chiefs were like yeah we're gonna kind of you know do one up and get a walk-off touchdown in overtime so wow tons to break down tons to talk about of all those divisional round playoff matchups from Saturday and Sunday folks man oh man like I said literally the the greatest NFL games I have ever witnessed I have ever experienced folks all in one weekend four straight games and man oh man we got to tip our caps to all the teams that won this weekend but man oh man and it's just so unfortunate those players that lost no more Derrick Henry in the playoffs Josh Allen knocked out and man oh man you gotta feel I mean if we're feeling for anybody here any of the losers it's gotta be Josh Allen right I mean what an unfortunate loss for him he balled out folks and man oh man we've been saying it all season folks but the NFL is in great hands with these young quarterbacks these young stars I mean just in the AFC alone folks Josh Allen obviously we got Patrick Mahomes we got Joe Burrow in the AFC Championship game, Justin Herbert, man, oh man, and we still potentially Trevor Lawrence, you know, we don't know, he was ruined by Urban Meyer, he was ruined by the Jacksonville Jaguars already, but maybe he can kind of, you know, get back into it, get back into something, we'll see, and try to challenge those other great quarterbacks in the AFC that we just mentioned, so man, oh man, with Tom Brady being knocked out, you know, he's not saying if he's going to play next year or not. He could be gone. Aaron Rodgers should be out of the league because what a disgrace of a performance. I mean, was Aaron Rodgers the worst quarterback this weekend, folks? I mean, uh, we'll talk about it, but man, oh man. So we got to break down all the playoff matchups from this weekend because they are, uh, y'all know, y'all know, folks, but we got to talk about it anyway. So uh, before we get into all that, folks, and I know y'all are chomping at the bit. I'm chomping at the bit to talk about it as well, but let's get the NBA out of the way. There was still NBA on last night, um, even though we were all laser focused and glued to those playoff games, because if you missed a second, you missed the entire game, folks. Did you did you see all those turnovers in the Rams-Bucks game? It was chaos. Did you see the final two minutes of the Bills-Chiefs game? It was literal chaos as well. So if you blunk during those games, you missed everything. So, yes, there was NBA on last night, but did we really care? Right? Alrighty. So let's get 10 minutes on the clock very quickly here. We'll run through. The NBA games from last night quickly, and we'll see if we can make a little bit of money here in the NBA tonight. Um, unfortunately, no NFL games on, no Monday Night Football like we all know. Uh, so we'll have to win our money in the NBA, so we'll see if we can do that. So here we go. 10 minutes on the clock. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted un- un- interu- un- basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA while we were all watching. And man, oh man, just what? 
watching, being in the presence, just watching greatness on on the NFL field, folks. It was just great. But here we go. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA, and the time starts right now. Alrighty, tons of games on in the NBA. So we got to go quickly. Uh, but to start here, we get to Grayson Allen is suspended for one game uh, for the foul, the flagrant foul that caused Alex Caruso to fracture his wrist. Now, this is definitely, it needed to be, I mean, he, he can't keep getting away with this. You know, we kind of were like, all right, this is a new Grayson Allen because we saw him so great in the beginning of the season, first three weeks of the season for the Bucks. So great, great contribution offensively, defensively, wasn't having these clownish acts. But then, you know, it came back out this season a little bit later, a little bit of a trip, I think, on Derrick Rose that, you know, he kind of pulled back on, but then the flagrant foul a couple of uh, days ago on Alex Caruso, so they are suspending Grayson Allen for one game. I think they definitely need to stop this man. He's not fixing it himself. He's not not causing these wild flagrant fouls that are out of the realm of basketball plays, so this is needed right here, and hopefully he changes truly, but yes, a little disappointed on Grayson Allen that this is, is still a problem with this man, even though he's, what, what have we got, five years with this man in the NBA, so still not cleaning it up, suspension here, hopefully he finally stops uh, making careless, potentially dangerous dangerous plays. Els Caruso fractured his wrist because he's flagrant fouling not in the realm of basketball plays. So Grayson Allen suspended one game. Definitely justified and we we agree. The Bucks didn't, but classic they wouldn't. He's on their team. So Els, uh, Grayson Allen suspended one game. But here we go. All the games from last night. Here we go. Clippers at the Knicks. And well done for the Knicks here to get kind of back on track. This is a nice win for the Knicks here at this point in time. We know the Clippers aren't that great because they don't have Paul George. But this Knicks team was skidding. And this is a nice win overall. So R.J. Barrett got it done. 28 points, 6 assists, 14 big old rebounds. Julius Randle, 24 points, 5 assists, 9 rebounds getting it done. Their guard play, solid, solid. Uh, definitely could be better. But the forwards took it over. And we know the forwards are basically their main team. So, Evan Fournier, 14 points. We'll, we'll co-sign that. That's good. That's a green flag. Um, and then Alec Burks, 10 points as well. So, they got it done. And then Cam Reddish made his debut, but only played five minutes. What's up with that, right? Um, and I, don't, I think... Um uh, the head coach for the uh, Knicks, I'm blanking on his name, Tom Thibodeau. Um, I, I, it doesn't seem like he's like urgent to play Cam Reddish at all. So uh, we'll see how that goes. And then for the Clippers last night, Reggie Jackson got it done with 26 points. And Zubak down low, 17 points, 14 rebounds. That was really it. Once again, still no Paul George. So still no bad ability on this Clippers team. Knicks get the win, 110-102. All right, then we get the Celtics at the Wizards, and all we have to talk about here is Jason Tatum dropping 51 mother-loving points, folks. A nice 50-burger for Jason Tatum. 51 points, 7 assists, 10 rebounds on 63% shooting, 9 of 14 from the field. Absolutely fantastic. That's why they won the game, obviously. And then the Wizards, they lose because Kyle Kuzma and Bradley Beal put up a combined 20-something points, 31 points. Is that 51? No, it's not. So, Wizards lose, folks. 116-87 to 87 to Jason Tatum's 50-point performance. All right, then we get the Lakers at the Heat, and the Lakers lose because this Heat team is full of what, folks? Dogs. What, folks? Dogs. Fantastic. Jimmy Butler and company getting it done once again with no Tyler Hero, with no Kyle Lowry, and this is just no problem here for the Heat. They win 113-107. 
over the Lakers. Jimmy Butler, 20 points, 12 assists, 10 rebounds, triple-double. We know Jimmy Butler can facilitate the floor if they don't have Kyle Lowry. Once again, the bet ability on the Heat is the highest of any team that we currently rank in the NBA, folks. So shout-out to the Heat team still getting it done. And then Duncan Robinson, a huge performance needed, 25 points on 6 of 11 from 3. Duncan Robinson steps up. We don't love Duncan Robinson when everybody's healthy on this Heat team, but when they're missing players, Duncan Robinson does step up. So shout out to that. Duncan Robinson stepping it up when everybody's out. Jimmy Butler, always great. We know this. And then for the Lakers, LeBron James trying his damnedest, 33 points, 11 rebounds. Russell Westbrook, 24 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. He was only a minus 1 on the floor. LeBron was a minus 8, okay? I know LeBron played like 8 more minutes, but still at the end of the day, decent production by Russell Westbrook. Everybody clowns him. Y'all know how we feel about it. We abstain from doing that. So, Lakers lose 113-107 to the Heat. All right, next game up here quickly. We get the Bulls at the Magic, and what a win here for the Magic. Not just winning against the lackluster Bulls team like we know they are at the current moment, but everybody getting it done for this Magic team last night. Man, oh, man, everybody scored uh, besides Mo Bamba, but that was because he only played six minutes. Look at the, the look at this production. Top to bottom starters bench. It was absolutely fantastic. So this could potentially be the turning point for the Magic that we have kind of been seeing a little glimpses of throughout the regular season but they haven't really got it done. Uh, but this could be the turning point. So we're keeping a big eye on this Magic team. We would love this Magic team to be solid. We like this Magic team. We like these players, but they, they need to start winning games. And the win started last night, so we'll see. But look at all this production here. Let's start with the starters. Jalen Suggs, 15 points, 7 assists. Cole Anthony, 11 points, 5 assists. Mo Bamba, like we said, 0 points, but it was only for 6 minutes. Wendell Carter, 19.7 rebounds, and Franz Wagner, 18 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. That's just the starters. And then we still got to talk about this bench. Moritz Wagner, 23 points, 4 assists. Chuma Okiki, 11.7 rebounds. Ingus Brazidikis, folks, 11 points. Everybody truly getting it done. Big shout-out to this Magic team. And then for the Bulls. Kobe White letting us down. He had 22 points. We love that. But the no assists, that's what we know we kind of knock Lonzo Ball for. Always kind of taking more shots than probably necessary for this Bulls team. And Kobe White, you know, was getting that same production more efficient than Lonzo Ball and also getting the assists. So no assists by Kobe White last night. And that was truly what was lacklusting for this Bulls team overall and why they lost. They had 10 assists last night. 10 assists as a team, folks. The Magic had 31. That's the difference. So, no ball movement by Kobe White. A little disappointed, but this is like the first time we've been disappointed by Kobe White. Uh, maybe the second time. Second time I think we've been disappointed in Kobe White this season. So, you know, this is not a big knock on Kobe White, but let's try to get it back on track so this doesn't become a thing. This Bulls team still has a chance to be good, even without Lonzo, even without uh, Zach Levine for the time being. But uh, we need Kobe White to be the facilitator, definitely. Let DeMar DeRozan go to work like he did last night. 41 points. Start feeding him a little bit more. Uh, feed J uh, Vucevic down low. We know he can. I mean, you, you can get it done. We know he can do that. Uh, 13 points, 13 rebounds. He took 19 shots. I mean, that was really a disappointing performance by Vucevic as well. Just not efficient at all. 21% on 19 shots. You're the big. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so, a little bit of lackluster performance overall by this Bulls team. But big shout-out to this Magic team. And the bettability is starting to get up there with this Magic team. And we'll see what their next couple of games are to see if there's good value or not. But we'll keep a big eye on this Magic team. Magic get the win, 114.95.
All right, next game up here, Blazers at the Raptors, and the Blazers get the win, folks. And this is what we've been saying all year long. You've got to move off of Damian Lillard. Not because Damian Lillard is not good, he's fantastic, but because Anthony Simons runs this offense as good as Damian Lillard does. And the only thing that was different between Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons was that Damian Lillard was or is the clutchest NBA player that is in the NBA. So, Anthony Simons is not that, but we did not get any sort of clutchness by Damian Lillard at all this season when he was healthy. So, there's no difference between Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard anymore for this Blazers team and and McCollum and Simons do they work a little bit better together than uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum? Yeah, I kind of think so. So Blazers they missed it because not they missed their chance to trade Damian Lillard because he's injured now. Is anybody going to take it? Maybe. Um, I would still probably trade for Damian Lillard to kind of build for the future here. But the Blazers kind of beefed it, and we'll see how they progress with that Damian Lillard situation moving forward. But here we go. Blazers win last night. Anthony Simons 19 points, five assists. Well done, CJ. McCollum, 19 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. Once again, very well done. Nurchich doing his thing, 11 points, 11 rebounds. And then Nasir Little with another 19.7 rebounds to help out. And then for the Raptors, uh, Fred Van Vliet, nah, no more 30-point games by this man. Still 19 points, which obviously is great. Uh, we'll take the 8 assists. We'll take the 5 steals. We'll take the 5 rebounds. Pascal Siakam, once again, another good game by him at the 5. We do like Siakam at the 5, folks. 28 points, 8 rebounds by the man. Led the team in points. Uh, you know, 8 rebounds, fantastic. But uh, just not enough to beat Anthony Simons and CJ McCollum. So, Blazers get the win, 114-105. Then we get the Hawks at the Hornets, and the Hawks, hey, are they starting to turn the corner a little bit? Fourth straight win here for the Hawks team. They get the win, 113-91 for the Hawks. We had Trey Young, 30 points, four assists, four rebounds. Clint Capella at the five, seven points, eight rebounds. We'll take that. And then DeAndre Hunter, a nice 20-piece to help out. And then for the Hornets, a little bit lackluster here. Lamella Ball did his thing, 19 points, four assists, six rebounds. Miles Bridges, 19 points. And then Kelly Oubre Jr. and P.J. Washington, both with 12 points off the bench here but just a little bit short here by this Hawks team and the Hawks get a huge win 113-91 that ability on this Hawks team is starting to rise as well four game winning streak starting to turn that corner we'll keep an eye on them um, Alrighty, that is our 10 minutes, and we still got a couple of games to go over, so let's finish this out quickly here. Next game up, 76ers at the Spurs. 76ers get it done. It was a little bit of a close game here, so once again, we have to readjust the 76ers team going through another little skid right here where they're not dominating teams that they should be dominating. I mean, they went close to the Spurs team, folks. I mean, they went by six. still a win. We'll give them credit, but they went 115-109 over the Spurs. Shouldn't really be that close. Joel Embiid did his thing. 38 points, 12 rebounds. Tyrese Max 18 points, 6 assists. Once again, Kobe White, you can score 18 points, but we need those 6 assists like we get with Tyrese Maxey. We love Tyrese Maxey. Y'all know that. So, 76ers get it done. Charlie Brown Jr. as well. Let's shout out that man. Charlie Brown Jr., 7 points on 50% shooting. And then for the Spurs, uh, Jacob Poto, the 5, the big, led the team in scoring 25 points, 10 rebounds. DeJounte Murray, 19 points, 12 assists, 9 rebounds. DeJounte Murray is a star in this league, folks, and we'll see what the Spurs decide to do with him. Do they ruin his career by keeping him in San Antonio, or do they let him fly free and go somewhere? Because if DeJounte Murray was on the Lakers, the Lakers are championship contenders, but they got Russell Westbrook. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, 76ers get the win, 115-109. All right, then we get the Grizzlies at the Mavericks, and the Mavericks are a team that is truly back, folks. What are they? I think they're eight and ten, or eight. 
eight and two in their last ten. Let's quickly update this, refresh this very quickly. Uh, yeah, the Dallas Mavericks now the fifth seed in the Western Conference now. Jeez Louise, um, eight and two in their last ten. Fantastic. So this team is officially back, and why they are back is a little bit obviously. Luka Doncic is back. Obviously that helps out. But Porzingis back playing the five. Yes, yes. Stop playing the four, Porzingis. Get your ass down low. Then that's what has been going on here the last couple of games here. So we definitely endorse that. Luka Doncic, the 37 points, 9 assists, 11 rebounds. Porzingis at the 5, 15 points, 8 rebounds, getting it done. Fantastic. And then for the Grizzlies, a little disappointed that they lost last night, but all right, you know, they lose here and there. It's no big deal. Uh, this Grizzlies team is still great, we hope. Uh, John Morant, 35 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Steven Adams down low, 11 rebounds. We'll take that. Just didn't have that kind of second great scoring superstar to rely on. Second leading scorer was DeAnthony Melton coming off the bench with 12 points on 31% shooting. So that's where they felt a little bit sh fell a little bit short last night in the scoring department. Grizzlies lose 104 to 91. Then we get the Nets at the Timberwolves and the Timberwolves get the big old win here in the big 3 folks. Get it done. Timberwolves win 136-125 over the Nets. The big three here for the Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, 23 points, 7 rebounds. Anthony Edwards, 25 points. D'Angelo Russell, 23 points, 10 assists, all getting it done magnificently. Um, and then for the Nets last night, unfortunately with the loss, they're on the road, so Kyrie Irving can play, and Kyrie Irving got it done. 30 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. James Harden out there, 13 points, 13 assists. And then Patty Mills, another great performance out that we need by this man. 21 points on 53% shooting on 15 shots. We'll take that. He put up 125 points, which you would expect to win the game by. But you know, the Timberwolves were like, yeah, we see your offense, and we raise you even more offense. And they got it done, 136 to 125. Now, unfortunate news here. We're hoping it's nothing serious. Anthony Edwards has a quote saying, quote, I'm straight after this, uh, you know, meaning he's good. Um, so we're hoping it's nothing bad. But we see him collide knees in meaningless, like, minute left in the game when they're already up by, like, double digits here. The game's over. But he bumps knees, and then he's hobbling off the floor so we truly hope this is nothing serious Anthony Edwards obviously the best player on the Timberwolves I mean uh, a fantastic athletic specimen of a man out there on the floor so great so explosive to watch he's young and we definitely think that this man could be a little bit not the face of the league maybe maybe he can maybe he could be kind of the next LeBron James face of the league but definitely you know uh, 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 a body of the league <laughs> if you want to go that maybe not the face maybe it's the body but either way Anthony Edwards a fantastic talent definitely need Anthony Edwards for this Timberwolves team to continue to be good and competitive in this league so hoping nothing serious um, so prayers up to this man. All right, last two games quickly. Here we go. Uh, Pistons at the Nuggets. Nuggets get the win, 117-111. We know this Nuggets team can beat lackluster teams like the Pistons. So not the biggest win here for the Nuggets. Doesn't, doesn't change our opinion, but a win is a win. We give them credit. Jokic, 34 points, 8 assists, 9 rebounds. Aaron Gordon, once again, only 13 points on 8 shots. You can't rely on this man for 20 points a game like we know. Um, but they did get nice scoring production from Will Barton, 14 points. We'll take Austin Rivers, 11 points. Like to see this man... Uh, Brent Forbes still getting it done off the bench, 12 points, 2 of 5 from the 3. And Zeke Najee, 12 points off the bench.
And then for the Pistons, uh, some great scoring production. Isaiah Stewart, 18 points. Cade Cunningham, 18 points. Corey Joseph, 18 points. And Trey Lyles, 18 points. They all, all four of them, led the team in scoring with 18 points. Unfortunately, not enough to get it done for the Nuggets. And then the last game of the night here, Jazz at the Warriors. And the Warriors get the win against the Jazz, 94-92. to Our man Bogdanovich with the chance to win the game. Down two points, four seconds left. Step back three doesn't go. They get the tip up. That doesn't go either. And the Clay Thompson list Warriors get it done over the Jazz. So shout out to that. Steph Curry only 13 points last night. He shot 25% on 20 shots. 1 of 13 from 3 and they still get the win over the Jazz. That's not a great look for that Jazz team. Uh, Jordan Poole 20 points getting it done. And when he fills in at that starting lineup with no Clay Thompson, the man gets it done. Jordan Poole fantastic. And they also still did not have uh, Draymond green and they still get a win here this is not a great look for the jazz but we'll give them a little bit of a pass here don't want to see them continue to flounder but uh, uh bogdan uh, bohan bogdanovich led the team in scoring 21 points unfortunately missed the game winning three no doubt of it, Mitchell last night, so Joe Ingles filling in for him in the starting lineup, 10 points on 40% shooting, Jordan Clarkson shooting 13 shots, 9 points shooting 23%, once again, Jordan Clarkson, classic Jordan Clarkson performance and uh, just come up a little bit short offensively, the Jazz, who, you know, were the deepest team in the beginning of the season a little bit of injury riddled as of late, COVID-19 as of late, and that's really kind of keeping their depth uh, a little shorter than what we know it is so, Warriors get a huge win here 94-92 to over the Jazz Alrighty, that is all the NBA from last night. Now let's quickly see what we have on tap tonight in the NBA to see if we can make a little bit of money. Where is that great value? Only four games on tonight, so hopefully we can find some great value. Let's refresh these lines, get these lines up to date, and start seeing where that great value is tonight. So here we go. Uh, first game up, Knicks at the Cavs. Knicks on the back-to-back, -back, so we're staying away from this one. Knicks plus six and a half, Cavs minus six and a half. Um, like we said, we don't bet back to backs. Derrick Rose is out. Kemba Walker's game time decision. Expect him to play. And then for the Cavs, Rajon Rondo game time decision. Would love to see him out there. And Laurie Markkanen uh, Mark is out. So staying away from this one, six line right here. I don't really think it's great value either way, even if you do bet back to backs. So we're truly staying away from this game in total. Next game up, we get the Bulls at the Thunder. Bulls on the back to back. We got to stay away from this game. Then we get the Pacers at the Pelicans. All right. Pacers plus three. Pelicans minus three here at home. Let's see all the ins and outs here for the Pacers. TJ McCollum out. Malcolm Brogdon out. Karis LeVert is a game time decision. And Sabonis is out. Man, oh, man. And we only have to swallow three. I think I like it. Uh, but let's see who's out, out for the Pelicans. Devontae Graham, game time decision. Brandon Ingram out. Ooh, yeah, definitely got to stay away from this one. Uh, we like this Pelicans team, but we like them because of their kind of big two that they got. Valanchunas down low. Ingram and Ingram being out. We got to stay away from this one. So not betting Pacers, Pelicans. And then we get the Jazz at the Suns and the Jazz on the back-to-back. -back. So we're not betting this one. Jazz plus nine Suns minus nine not gonna bet this one not gonna swallow nine here for the Suns so uh, overall we are not endorsing anything tonight we are going to uh, abstain from betting tonight in the NBA and try to get back on track tomorrow with a lot of more games to kind of pick through but uh, back to backs folks we stay away from them 
Alrighty, so that is all the NBA we had to go over for today. So now let's shift gears to the NFL and start talking about one of the best weekends of football in NFL history, folks. I mean, all these games coming down to the wire, all drama-filled, all the great performances that we saw by these young, emerging, blooming, blossoming quarterbacks out here. And then we had the... Uh, the old guard, the Bradys, the Rodgers, Brady, you know, he came back a little bit, but throughout the entirety of the game, a little lackluster. Aaron Rodgers got out to a hot start and then floundered like we always know Aaron Rodgers does. But we'll save the knocks till we get to that game because I'm going to go a little bit in on Aaron Rodgers, folks, all right? But uh, let's start here with these games in order. So let's start with the first game up of the weekend. Bengals at the Titans. Close game all throughout the return of Derrick Henry. We could not wait to watch him. And, you know, we got him. You know, they ran him. It's not like they were like, all right, well, you know, he's out there, but we don't really want to utilize him. He had 20 rushes, which we could definitely appreciate here. But unfortunately, Ryan Tannehill, he's just not the guy and it's truly unfortunate here and you know it's even more unfortunate of how the interceptions happened from Ryan Tannehill because there was three of them and that's kind of why they lost this game right here so it's unfortunate for Ryan Tannehill this is you know we, we saw him in the AFC championship game when he had to sling the ball over the uh, against the uh, Chiefs and that just didn't work out they lose and they've just been getting worse and worse and worse ever since then never uh, returning to that AFC Championship game. So I think you've kind of reached your ceiling with Ryan Tannehill, and it's unfortunate. Uh, we Let's just talk about these interceptions now because, I mean, all kind of tipped, but once again, a little bit of blame on Ryan Tannehill for some late throws that truly weren't open. So let's start here with these Ryan Tannehill interceptions. He has three of them, folks. First throw of the game is an interception. Let's take a quick look at this. Shout out to, once again, I mean, once again, NFL.com. Their website's trash and Gay Pass is trash. But uh, every now and then they surprise us with something good. And these Saturday playoff games are already up for the All-22 film. So we give them credit for that. But everything else has been trash this year. But we digress. So here we go. First interception by Ryan Tannehill. The first play of the game. They're going to go play action. Fake to Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill slings it over the middle of the field. And that's just an easy jump of a route there by the Bengals. And that's how they start the game. And the Bengals score three points off of that turnover. So right out of the gate, you lost all your home field advantage. You lost all your momentum. You lost all this. You put uh, Ryan Tannehill and a little bit of a little bit of a funk. You know, when you have that interception, now you're kind of constantly doubting him. Hey, I'm making the wrong decision here, all that. So that was already in his mind the first play of the game. And we have nobody to really to blame but Ryan Tannehill. This is not an open throw. I really don't know what he was looking at here and this is what I got from Ryan Tannehill all game long it just looked like pre-programmed mode it didn't look like Ryan Tannehill was consciously making these passing decisions it honestly just looked like he was a robot out there going through the motions and that was really it so like again like we said I mean I think you've really reached the peak here of what you can do with Ryan Tannehill he's good he's a game manager all that but when it comes deep in the playoffs when it comes down to the big moments Moments, the man just can't get it done, and that's just truly unfortunate out here. 
So we'll see what this Titans team does with Ryan Tannehill in the offseason. Mike Vrabel, I mean, he's a genius mind. You've got to keep him as the head coach. He's not the problem. The weapons really aren't the problem. The running backs we know aren't the problem. So the defense isn't even the problem. The Titans were lackluster scoring all game long, but they still kept it close and still kept the Titans in the game, even though Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. I mean, the Bengals didn't even score that much off of these turnovers. They still scored, but it wasn't like touchdown, touchdown, touch, touch down for 21 points off of those three turnovers so we still give credit to this Titans defense they still force turnovers late in the game to kind of make up for the Ryan Tannehill interceptions we'll watch the Joe Burrow interception that he threw that was just a pick in a fantastic um, performance by the defender to literally dive all the way to the ground and basically catch it as the ball was hitting the ground controversial uh, you know but they called the interception on the field and uh, you know they had to kind of stand with that we we'd agree, we agreed with that decision over overall of sticking with the call on the field. But that that's Ryan Tannehill's first interception. First throw of the game. Bengals score three points off of it. Ryan Tannehill's next interception here coming in the third quarter. And once again, the defense steps up big. They force a three and out after the turnover. But let's watch the interception right here and see how it happened. Ryan Tannehill in the red zone. And once again, once again, did the Titans do the Titans not listen to takes by fans? What's up with that? We've been shouting all week. Hey, this Bengals defense, they lock up in the red zone folks and that's exactly what we get right here uh, Ryan Tannehill from the 10-yard line down 10 points here just tries to throw a screen and it's a fantastic performance by the defender here for the Bengals to tip the ball up stay with it catch it return it for a couple of yards Ryan Tannehill making a pick six saving tackle which I guess that's the best thing Ryan Tannehill did all game long he didn't allow the uh, defender to go pick six on him so I guess we give Tannehill a little credit for that uh, but let's rewind on this drive here because Mike Vrabel and this Titans coaching staff, yes, we give them credit for rushing Derrick Henry 20 times and only letting Ryan Tannehill throw the ball 24 times. This was not like Ryan Tannehill slung the ball 45 times this game, only held Derrick Henry to maybe 10, 15 uh, rushes and a big disparity between the run and the pass. No, no, no. This was real equal run and pass this entire game. So we give the Titans credit for that, but they just they did not utilize Derrick Henry when they needed to utilize Derrick Henry and that was probably our biggest takeaway from the mistakes here that the Titans made offensively they trusted a little bit too much in Ryan Tannehill or they just tried to get a little too cute and uh, Colin puts it perfectly folks he says this a lot uh, don't try to outthink the room don't try to always be the smartest person in the room always trying to outthink them you know trying to you know play reverse 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 psychology no You've got Derrick Henry. The Bengals know they're gonna, you're gonna run Derrick Henry. Just run Derrick Henry. Stop trying to get too cute with it. And we get the perfect example right here um, off the Ryan Tannehill interception in the red zone. Because on this drive, this is a drive leading up to Ryan Tannehill's second interception that we just saw. This is the drive. Starting at their own 25-yard line. Nine-yard run by Derrick Henry. Shout out to the King, folks. Nine yards. Love it. Then we get a three-yard run by Derrick Henry. All right. But then he's right back. Nine-yard run. So we get nine-yard run, three-yard run, nine-yard run. And then they switch it up to Deontay Foreman, who rips off a big 45-yarder. And that's another thing that I didn't love that the Titans did. Deontay Foreman was getting it every single time he was touching the ball. But they only gave him four rushes. So all those kind of trick plays... 
all those kind of, hey, we're going to kind of go reverse psychology. Oh, you think we're going to run? Well, we're not going to run. But the Bengals were like, all right, if you don't run, we're going to stop it because what is Ryan Tannehill going to do? So uh, the the outsmarting the room just did not work here by the Titans if that's what they were going for. And it truly looked like that's what they were going for. Because once again, going back to this, nine-yard run, three-yard run, nine-yard run, 45-yard run by Deontay Foreman sets them up at the 10-yard line. And instead of just once again sticking with the running game, it got you there. It literally got Got you there. Nine runs up, nine yard, three yards, nine yards, 45 yard run uh, through those four plays. And then you go with Ryan Tannehill slinging the ball on a screen pass in the red zone. You've already got them playing up because you're gouging them in the run game. So these Bengals defenders are pressing up now, but then you throw a quick screen. Uh, that doesn't seem like the best play calling there. Once again, trying to out think the room a little bit here on this play calling stick with you do stick with what you do well which is running the ball with Derrick Henry especially in the red zone especially against the Bengals defense that clamps up big time in the red zone you, did they not watch the film last week against the Raiders where they were settling for field goals every single drive by the Raiders because they could not get it done in the red zone so I didn't really like it there and then a little bit later, once again, questioning play calling here of trying to outsmart the room a little bit, heading to the fourth quarter on their turnover on downs, we get a third and one at the Bengals' 35-yard line. The game is tied with eight minutes left. You have guaranteed maybe kind of three points here if you pick up the first down. Maybe you can kind of kick the field goal here from the 35-yard line would have been a little bit of a long field goal here, but you're at home. Why not take the shot here? Regardless, it's a tie game, and what do you do here on third and one? Once again, third and one, you you run Derrick Henry. One yard, you run Derrick Henry. I don't give a damn if it's second and one, third and one, fourth and run. You run Derrick Henry and live and, live and die by that result, but they run with Ryan Tannehill. They do a little bit of a read option on third and one. Ryan Tannehill from the shotgun, so now you have to run six yards. You made a third and one, a third and six, eight minutes left in the fourth quarter tie game. What is this play calling? Trying to outsmart the room. Stop it. You've got Derrick Henry. Utilize him. So they run it on third and one. Ryan Tannehill keeps it for some reason. And Ryan Tannehill did not look fast here. And he gets brought down. That brings up the fourth and one. And then they run Derrick Henry. But no, I mean, this is this is what they're gonna do. They're gonna sell out run to Derrick Henry because what else are you gonna do on fourth and one you need Derrick Henry right here so you could have run it on third and one with Derrick Henry and then fourth and one I'm sure he would have picked up third and one but if not he definitely picks up fourth and one but here we go fourth and one right here should have given them two chances to run with it. They run with Derrick Henry. The Bengals play it perfectly. Uh, they knew it was coming that time because what else are you doing on fourth and one? So even if you, like, just reverse the plays on third and one, run Derrick Henry. And then on fourth and one, if you're still going to, you know, go for it, not getting it on third and one, rushing Derrick Henry, then you break out the kind of, you know, play action, read option with Ryan Tannehill. But you don't do it on third and one and then go to Derrick Henry on fourth and one. They kind of reverse the plays right right there trying to once again outsmart the room so I really think those two plays right there of trusting Ryan Tannehill too much you we've seen him not when you had to trust him a few years ago in the AFC Championship game he could not get it done this is Derrick Henry's team this is not Ryan Tannehill's team Ryan Tannehill is a game manager a little bit better than Baker Mayfield are you trusting Baker Mayfield in these big spots of course not so really disappointed in the 
the Titans for trusting Ryan Tannehill a tad too much in these key situations that truly hurt him in the end. And then we get the biggest beef here by Ryan Tannehill, which is literally the game-losing interception number three. Once again, tie game with 28 seconds left here. It's basically if the Titans, they don't pick it up here. They don't pick up the third and five at the 40-yard line. Then you punt the ball, and you're most likely heading into overtime, most likely. But Ryan Tannehill tries to get a little too cute here on third and five. Let's watch the play right here. Dropping back to pass, going to fire it over the middle. Uh, receiver can't catch it great defense by Eli Apple the cornerback for the Bengals all over the receiver right here pops the ball up and that's an easy interception for this Bengals team they take over 20 seconds left at the 50 yard line tie game and we all know the rest is history big old kick here by the rookie kicker by the Bengals and we gotta shout out this dude uh, what is it Evan McPherson getting it done 52 yard banger right down the middle this man was was knocking them through all game long confidently. Weren't they all big? The game winner, 52 yards. Let's go to these other field goals he made throughout this game. I think they only scored one touchdown, everything else a field goal here, uh, kind of like what the Raiders did last week. So, you know, this is another topic for discussion. Bengals having to face this Chiefs team, which we, we like this Bengals team and Joe Burrow and all that and Jamar Chase, but did you see what Josh Allen had to do to lose? <laughs> did you see what Josh Allen had to do to lose the game? So it's going to be definitely a lot of pressure on this Bengals team, and they must play flawlessly, flawlessly. The Bills played flawlessly. Flawlessly, uh, up until the last 13 seconds. So even if you take 13 seconds off from being flawless, you're gonna lose. So the Bengals truly are gonna have to step up big time next week. But that's a discussion for a little bit later in the week, folks. Okay, uh, back back to these field goals here by this Bengals team. Here we go. A 54-yard field goal, good. 45-yard field goal, good. 38-yard field goal, field goal, good. So this man was knocking him through all game long, confident. There's a quote going around, true or not true. Uh, it's still a you know confident, swaggy quote here by the rookie kicker. Uh, Joe Burrow was like. Uh, yeah, he just kind of turned to me. He did a little bit of a leg-sweeping motion and said, well, I guess we're going to the AFC Championship game. Then marched down the field, bang, through the 52-yarder, and yeah, they are going to the AFC Championship game. So, shout-out to the Bengals for the big old win here. Shout-out to the rookie kicker for a big-time spot on the road. Hostile territory, 52-yarder. You know how many veteran kickers can't make that clutch 52-yard kick, folks? Okay. And here's the rookie banging it through, no problem. So, uh, back to the Titans here. Uh, just to kind of close this out, Ryan Tenhill being very unclutched. This is why you must move off of him. It's unfortunate you've given him plenty of chances here. I mean, how many more playoff games do we need to see this man floundering? I mean, uh, we've already seen three big ones. We've seen the championship game. We've seen divisional. Uh, did we see wild card last year? A little flounder job? Either way, Ryan Tenhill has just proven he just can't get it done in the big games. Hey, he can get you the number one seed. He can be real good. He can get you wins in the regular season and all that, but when the time comes to outperform Joe Burrow, couldn't even outperform Joe Burrow, and that's not a knock on Joe Burrow. I'm just talking about Joe Burrow is his second year in coming off of a catastrophic injury, and he's still beating that ass here on the road in your home stadium. So, and you know, with the great talent here of the quarterbacks here in the AFC, just Ryan Tannehill is not going to get it done. And I'm a little, you know, worried for Tua and these other smaller quarterbacks. Once again, we're keeping track of that narrative heading into this offseason. These shorter quarterback folks, in this AFC, 
Mm, mm, DFC is guaranteed 15 years by Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert. Maybe Lamar Jackson gets in a year, and maybe Trevor Lawrence can compete for a year. But other than that, if you don't got that big, strong, tall quarterback with a big arm, tall that can see over the line, I don't know if any of these other shorter quarterbacks are getting to the AFC Championship game. So Ryan Tannehill, not as clutch as these younger quarterbacks are, and you may have to make the move. I think you do. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, Let's close out the stats here for the Titans, and then we'll shift gears to the Bengals and start talking about them a little bit. So here we go. Uh, Ryan Tannehill goes 15 of 24, folks. 15 of 24 for 62% completion percentage, just below of what we like, 63%. But once again, only throwing the ball 24 times, rushing with Derrick Henry 20 times. It was real well balanced. It's just when they decided to, to, to go with Ryan Tannehill and trust Ryan Tannehill over Derrick Henry, that's where we had the biggest issue with how the Titans called the game here. So Tannehill, uh, 62% completion percentage. He had 220 yards. I'll give him a little credit for that. One touchdown, the three interceptions, all of them his fault. Yes, I know they were kind of tipped, but you know, throwing them late, not seeing that kind of corner rush at the 10-yard line, uh, just not being able to get the ball around that. And we saw uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of sidearm a ball underneath a Bill's hand and then Tyreek diving to the ground to catch it. I mean, that's the plays you're going to have to make. Ryan Tannehill kind of being robotic right there, just turning and throwing regardless of what was there, regardless of who was there, regardless of what the look he had, he was just going to throw it, and I understand that's the play, but maybe pump fake, get him up, and then throw it, yeah, you know, the screen's going to be late, but, you know, it's better than the interception in no point, so it was just Ryan Tannehill, he looked the worst I've ever seen him play, big time disappointed in the man, so the one touchdown, three interceptions, no good. All right, the running backs here. Deontay Foreman, four rushes for 66 yards. 45 came off of one uh, run, but the other runs were still getting it done pretty solidly. And a nice switch up from uh, Derrick Henry, you know, big beefy Deontay Foreman can kind of rip it off a little bit uh, quicker from the get-go than Derrick Henry. We know Derrick Henry's fast, but Deontay Foreman, a little bit more acceleration there. And that's why he had a little bit of success on the changeup. And then Derrick Henry, 20 rushes, love that. They didn't kind of, you know, put him in a bottle here uh, since the injury and all that, so we give him credit for that. 20 rushes for 62 yards. He scored a touchdown. Love seeing that. They got Wildcat. Once again, you know, you could have gone Wildcat at the 10-yard line instead of having Ryan Tannehill throw a screen. I, it's just, I mm, I know they, you know, hindsight, obviously all that. We get it, folks. But just big time dis- disappointed in the decision-making, the play-calling here for this Titans team. That was their downfall. All right, then these receivers, A.J. Brown got it done. Five catches, 142 yards a touchdown. Julio Jones, six catches, 62 yards. And once again, Ryan Tannehill was actively utilizing his playmaker. So that is the green flag to Ryan Tannehill's credit. We give him credit to that. And then Dontrell Hilliard, three catches for 13 yards. Only three kind of receivers had a catch. Chester Rogers had a catch for three yards as well. But that's not that meaningful. So um, everybody uh, for the Titans, man, mm, mm, mm. I don't know. Where do you go from here? That's that's going to be the question. Where do the Titans go from here? And I think when we're just looking at, you know, who's the weakest link, it's unfortunate. It must be Ryan Tannehill. And for that, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. All right, now let's switch gears to the team that won the game. The Bengals, man, oh, man, Joe Burrow just keeps getting better and better. Man, oh, man, the man was slinging the ball around again this game here, folks. Joe Burrow goes 28 of 37. Let's get that completion up here quickly. 
28 of 37, seven, oof, 75% completion percentage, how fantastic right there, accurate, efficient, 348 yards, not dinking and dunking, taking his shots, all that, no touchdown, which is going to be a little concerning here, having to go play Kansas City in Kansas City, we just saw what we saw last night Bills at the Chiefs and Joe Burrow is going to have to play at that level and then some so that's going to be kind of the big discussion here can this Bengals team get it done and can this Bengals defense kind of close out a game like the Bills defense couldn't the number one defense couldn't do we'll try to save all that till when we get to the game here but it's starting to leak out a little bit But the Bengals, very well done by Joe Burrow. Uh, The running game, it was okay. Uh, Joe Mixon, 14 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown. Joe Burrow took off twice for five yards. Chris Evans had a rush for four yards. Jamar Chase ran once for two yards. So they really didn't utilize any of the run game, just stuck with Joe Burrow, and I've got no problem with that. We know Joe Mixon's great, don't get us wrong here, but I'm going to put the ball in Joe Burrow's hand. Like I'm going to put the ball in Derrick Henry's hands over Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands over Joe Mixon. No, not on Joe Mixon, but it's Joey B out here. We're going to live and die by him. So rushing game was okay. He scored a touchdown. We'll give Joe Mixon credit for that. And then who was Joe Burrow slinging the ball to? Well, you know, no surprise here. Jamar Chase, five catches, 109 yards, getting it done. T. Higgins, seven catches, 96 yards. C.J. Uzama, seven catches, 71 yards. Joe Mixon in the uh, receiving game, six catches, 51 yards. And then Tyler Boyd, two catches for 17 yards. So Joe Burrow utilizing all of his great receivers. The Bengals are still, you know, prioritizing Jamar Chase and all that. Not forgetting about T. Higgins. Love seeing that. So this Bengals team and Zach Taylor, folks, you got to give them credit for just sticking to it, living and dying by their aggressiveness, living and dying by what has worked this entire year. And for that, we got to give them credit for sticking to what you've done and what has been successful this year, not changing it up, not kind of getting a little kind of, um, you know, too big brain here. Like we just said, you know, the Titans kind of trying to outsmart the room here. The Bengals weren't doing that. We're going to rely on our defense and Joe Burrow and, and that's going to be it. We lose, we lose. It's going to be unfortunate, but uh, you know we're not going to switch anything up here. We're going to do what got us here. And for that, a ton of credit to Zach Taylor for keeping calm in this situation. And once again, Joe Burrow coming back off that injury. What a performance just to get to this spot. Damn, Joe Burrow, mm, so much credit needs to be thrown this man's way. Um, so yeah, everybody was getting it done here for this Bengals team, and and what makes it so much more impressive here by Joe Burrow, this man was getting sacked like a rag doll out here, and that's going to be something, you know, for our Wednesday film study, Joe Burrow, you're going to have to get the ball out of your hands, we'll dissect it a little bit more in depth on Wednesday, was it Joe Burrow just hanging in the pocket too long, did he have no time to throw, was there nobody open, or was he just missing wide open reads that he just wasn't seeing and not trusting, so once again, the Bengals, yes, they're great, and I want to kind of root for them and kind of talk them up as much as we can, but, you know, the Chiefs are a little bit of a different animal, and they're going to make Joe Burrow pay for not letting go of the ball. I mean, you saw Josh Allen running for his life, buying all the time. Joe Burrow, can you do that? Can you keep doing that the entire game and put up 36 points and keep, uh, uh, you know, touchdowns up and, you know, score in 13 seconds and all that? So, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for this Bengals team. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is gonna be tough. I mean, look at all these sacks here. Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans, three sacks, three tackle for losses. David Long a sack. Harold Landry a sack and a half. 
Bud Dupree, a sack. Uh, Danico Autry, a sack and a half. Kyle Pecco, a half a sack. Naquan Jones, a half a sack. The man got sacked, what was it, nine times and still was getting up and still threw the ball for 348 yards and still had the accuracy. That is a warrior. That is the heart of a lion. And for that reason, we give the Bengals a chance to win this week coming up against Kansas City. So, Bengals get the big old win here, 19-16. to 16, And then after the game here, we get some quotes. Um, and uh, Which one do I want to read? For? Uh, we can go here. Um, yeah, let's go here. Uh, Joe Burrow, a quote saying, I'm tired of the underdog narrative. We're a really good team, and we're here to make noise. So, for that, the confidence, we absolutely love it. Yeah, truly, I mean, this Bengals team really should not be kind of underdog narratives. And, you know, the plus four that you could have gotten that was obviously we know hindsight but I mean those four points how fantastic that was definitely the play this weekend but uh yeah Joe Burrow in this Bengals defense they really should not be underdogs but maybe they do have to be underdogs for this game coming up against the Chiefs so Joe Burrow's confident Zach Taylor's also confident as well and we'll see how this confidence heads into uh, this week coming up against the Chiefs. I'm sure it's still going to be there. And then for our final time that we can watch Derrick Henry, they stole Derrick Henry from us for 10 weeks in the regular season. We got him back, and then they snatch him right back up. Unfortunately, no more Derrick Henry. We can't watch a daily Derrick anymore to get us prepared to watch Derrick Henry in the playoffs. So for the final time this season, the King, we bid you farewell with his one lone touchdown score here it is 6-0 second quarter Derrick Henry in the Wildcat from the shotgun first and goal from the three yard line Derrick Henry direct snap untouched 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 into the end zone right here once again why did you not do that from the 10 yard line why did you trust Ryan Tannehill to throw a screen pass you can't trust this man to throw a screen pass you can't even trust him to do that so Derrick Henry the king it's been absolutely phenomenal watching you this season it's been absolutely phenomenal having your face behind me all season long here but we must bid the king adieu and crown uh not a new king because they'll always have that but uh you know we there are four other teams that we do have to kind of celebrate a little bit more since they got the win unfortunately so there Henry we tip the cap to thee we love thee and uh, we will see you next year Bengals get the win 19 to 16 all right, next game up here is the 49ers at the Packers. And folks, 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 there's a reason to our madness, folks. Why do you think this offseason we went back and watched every single Aaron Rodgers playoff performance, graded his individual performance, and for it was in, you know, our results were, folks. Nothing great. We saw him flounder time and time again. We were giving him 25 out of 100, 50 out of 100. I think our lowest was 5 out of 100 credit points for most of his playoff performances right here. And what did we get this time? Another stinker by y'all's greatest of all time, by y'all's MVP of this season, Aaron Rodgers. The man is not... He's great, folks. Don't get us wrong. The man slings the ball around beautifully. 
but for the clutch ability, for the kind of, you know, just being dominant, play in, play out, taking the chances here. The man did not get it done. 10 points? 10 points? Even Tom Brady got out to a rough start, but made it a game. Made it a game. Tied the game at one point. Almost forced overtime. Aaron Rodgers did nothing of the sort. 10 points. That's it. 10 points. 10 points by Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I did not. Aaron Rodgers, folks, he's not clutchy. There's no way you can count this man as the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time flounders and stalls in the playoffs? That's the greatest of all time? That's the best the NFL has to offer time and time and time and time and time again? Not getting it done? Patrick Mahomes is like a quarter of this man's age and he's getting it done in the playoffs four straight times in a row. The man is hosting four straight AFC championship games has gone back-to-back Super Bowls already has won, so he already has the accolades, even better than Aaron Rodgers because he's been to multiple, has won one and has been to two, so Aaron Rodgers isn't even better than Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, and Patrick Mahomes still has 15 years to play so please spare me with the greatest quarterback of all time arguments of Aaron Rodgers, this one truly wraps it up, there is no more debate, I don't want to hear any, you hear me y'all hear me out there, I don't want to hear any more debating it's done it's close the next debate is is it going to be Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady is the greatest of all time Aaron Rodgers is now falling down to at maximum maximum number three greatest of all time and I think I put Drew Brees at number three greatest of all time. Honestly, that's just me. So um, at maximum for me at the current moment, Aaron Rodgers is number four greatest quarterback of all time. So y'all can bump him up to three, but I don't want y'all to put him even close to two or even even remotely sniffing that number one spot. Do y'all understand me? All righty, Aaron Rodgers is the most unclutch playoff performing quarterback that's so gosh dang great highly regarded he's the worst quarterback in that category of all time that, that's we can we can find a you know you can't really count Aaron Rodgers as the worst quarterback of all time in any category except the one that we just said right there so uh great quarterbacks floundering in playoff performances that's the best quarterback of all time. That's Aaron Rodgers. But um, that was a little convoluted. But let's just get back, back to the basics here. Aaron Rodgers is unclutched in the playoffs. I think we can all agree on that. And this, I mean, losing to Jimmy Garoppolo at home, 0-4 against the 49ers in the playoffs. Come on. And that Aaron Rodgers, uh, that clip has been uh, been floating around all weekend long on draft day. Aaron Rodgers being questioned, hey, you know, are you upset that the 49ers, you know, that you aren't a 40, 49er? And Aaron Rodgers with the smugness that he's always had he's had it as a rookie a pre-draft rookie Aaron Rodgers smiling and be like uh well not as sorry as the 49ers for not drafting me something along those lines so classic Aaron Rodgers always smug always a talk this was his big year he came out of his shell he went against the NFL saying hey I'm not getting vaccinated okay I don't care you know 
choice. I, I actually respected Aaron Rodgers for truly uh, doing that. But, you know, you know, coming out of his shell, even the interview that they showed pregame of Aaron Rodgers kind of saying, you know, I, everybody thought I was an enigma. So I decided to kind of, you know, talk about my personal life more. It's like Aaron Rodgers wanted this to be the big year. You can't tell me Aaron Rodgers didn't want this year to be the year. His year. Winning a Super Bowl. Then leaving Green Bay and being like, well, you could have had more. You could have had more if you treated me right and you got me the help and you got me the coach. You could have had more. Well, I'm going to kind of walk you off, maybe not into the uh, walk off into the sunset of retiring, but I'm going to take my talents to another team and do the old TB12 thing, win a ring first year with the new team. You can't tell me that was not Aaron Rodgers' goal. You cannot tell me that. And even if you do tell me that, I'm not believing you because I watched this man. We talked about this man. We broke down this man all year long offseason, training camp, OTAs, all that, regular season, postseason, all that. We've been talking about this man. This man wanted to be, this man wanted this moment to be the ultimate fuck you to the Packers, the organization, maybe a little bit of the fan base, maybe a little bit, maybe not totally the fan base, but overall the organization, I'm out of here with the ring, yeah, you could have had more than two, but y'all didn't treat me right, so I'm out of here, I'm winning a ring, and then maybe, like, maybe the ultimate flex Aaron Rodgers may be planning to do, I win the Super Bowl, and then in the post-game press conference saying, I'm leaving, and then just gets up and walks off the stage, and that's it, that's how he leaves, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers wanted something along that line, okay, and it all is for not, he's got the biggest egg on his face right here, 10 points, <laughs> 10 points, and 7 came on the very first drive, 7 of your points came on the very first drive, and this man can't get it done for the rest of the game, come on, come on, come on, spare me please, Aaron Rodgers, greatest of all time, come on, y'all are crazy for saying that, oh man, Oof. so that's Aaron Rodgers for you, if that's your greatest of all time, I'll let y'all have that, I I'm not the gatekeeper of uh, thought and the gatekeeper of uh, takes, y'all can have the take, y'all can actively say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time, but if that's your greatest of all time, uh, that's, that, that, that's yours, that's yours, that's y'all's hero, that's y'all's greatest of all time. We don't play around with that over here. No, 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 no. I want to see rings. I want to see wins. And I got two great quarterbacks, Tom Brady, and coming up right behind him, Patrick Mahomes. So that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. We all on this. Are we, are we all on this? Can we all finally be on the same page as Aaron Rodgers? That's what I want, really, more than anything. Can we all just be open and honest and on the same page about Aaron Rodgers, please? Please, yes, his arm, just arm talent-wise alone, yes, maybe the best quarterback of all time. But we still have to watch Patrick Mahomes because that arm is still crazy, folks. Um, So, that's it. That's the only thing Aaron Rodgers has on maybe any quarterback at the current moment. But we still have to kind of check in five, ten years with Patty Mahomes <laughs> being absolutely magnificent. And the way that Josh Allen's been playing, the man's only been good for two years. So we still got a lot more out of that man. So Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I just got to laugh at the dude. How uh, clownish. Clown. Clown Aaron Rodgers. This is no more turtle Aaron Rodgers. We got clown egg on the face Aaron Rodgers. That's the canvas for next year if he decides to keep playing. Clown egg face Aaron Rodgers. Alrighty. 
Let's take a deep breath here, and we're definitely breaking this man uh, down in our Wednesday film study. We're not going to be able to get to it now, um, but uh, we will watch this man on the, all these pawns. I mean, this is how the drives went, folks, for the Packers. Touchdown, fumble, and this truly turned the course of the game right here. They were driving. Packers were driving. Everything was going good. And then uh, Mercedes Lewis, who had the great block a couple of plays before this, to kind of was it was it to help the touchdown, whatever it was. Yeah, I think it was to help the touchdown. Uh, Mercedes Lewis helped out on this touchdown run, second and five. And once again, they didn't ask Aaron Rodgers to get the touchdown in the red zone. They relied on the running game. So who do they really trust? But we digress on that. Uh, so yeah, Mercedes Lewis helping out on that touchdown run, looking great. And I almost tweeted out the OGs tight end showing out here in the playoffs, and I'm glad. I didn't because Mercedes Lewis fumbles the ball right here and that just causes the complete 180 game uh, script here by the Packers. Fumbles on the 42-yard line of the 49ers and then after that fumble we get punt, 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 end of half, punt, field goal. Aaron Rodgers not being able to clutch it up in the red zone. How many times have we seen that in the red zone? How many times have we seen that in the playoffs? So many times. And once again, we'll have to break this down on Wednesday. See, was it open? Is Aaron Rodgers truly being trashed? We'll dissect it a little bit more on our Wednesday film study show. But they get the field goal, and then the block punt. The special teams truly beefed it for the Packers. Yes, the special teams beefed it for the Packers, but we still have to put blame on Aaron Rodgers for not doing anything for the entire game. And then the 49ers hanging around here. Jimmy Garoppolo makes some big-time throws here. Three, three minutes and 20 seconds left. Tie game starting at their own 29-yard line. Tie game. Game, so they only need a field goal. Jimmy Garoppolo, 12-yard pass. This is the final drive here by the 49ers. 12-yard pass by Jimmy Garoppolo. Great. He stepped it up here. Four-yard run. 14-yard pass to Debo Samuel. Big time. We know Debo Samuel's fantastic here, but give Jimmy Garoppolo some credit of making the play. Three-yard run. Run for no gain. Nine-yard run. One-yard run. One-yard run. Just to kind of run off the clock there and then kick the game-winning walk-off field goal. And Lambeau on the road to upset the greatest quarterback of all time, Aaron Rodgers, on another uh, game against the 49ers. 0-4 against this team in the playoffs. How unfortunate. The true kryptonite of Aaron Rodgers. Does Tom Brady have a kryptonite? Eli Manning? But he's still over uh, Eli Manning. I mean, uh, he lost to him twice in the Super Bowl, but he's actually got to the Super Bowl and lost to them by kind of, I don't, I don't want to call them lucky, uh, but some wild throws. That's Tom Brady's one lone kryptonite. Eli Manning not getting lucky, but making some crazy throws. Was there any crazy, quote, um, lucky plays here by the 49ers to block punt do we count that as lucky I don't know um but either way Aaron Rodgers not getting it done here and I think we have to give a little bit of credit to Jimmy Garoppolo a little credit not a lot of credit I mean we're not going you know overboard on Jimmy Garoppolo but you know to stay cool calm collected in that scenario uh completed two for two on that game winning drive for 20 plus yards it's solid that's some solid work right there all right, so let's start breaking down some stats right here. How did it look here in the stat department? Aaron Rodgers goes 20 of 29. 20 of 29 here. 68% uh, completion percentage. Yeah, once again, the numbers are good. Optically, Aaron Rodgers is always good. We get it, folks. Uh, 225 yards, no no touchdowns. That's the biggest glaring. I mean, we can't, we can't avoid that, folks. Josh Allen has like 
uh, 14 touchdowns in the postseason. It's fantastic. Uh, so Aaron Rodgers, uh, 225 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Aaron Jones, 12 rushes for 41 yards. A.J. Dillon, 7 rushes for 25 yards and touchdowns. So running back by committee was pretty good. All right, who was Aaron Rodgers uh, slinging the ball to? Leading receiver was Aaron Jones, the running back. So Aaron Rodgers is dinking, dunking in the playoffs now. Interesting. Uh, nine catches for Aaron Jones for 129 yards. Then we had Devontae Adams, nine catches for 90 yards. And then Alan Zard, one catch for six yards. We had three receivers touching the ball here. All right, that's Aaron Rodgers only going to Devontae Adams, only going to Aaron Jones. So what is that? Not airing it out, not going downfield, not testing the defense. I get it was cold, but Aaron Rodgers is the greatest thrower of the football ever. And he wasn't airing it out. And once again, everybody loves to give Aaron Rodgers the MVP this season because he keeps the interceptions down. He doesn't throw the interceptions, but... Do y'all understand what that means? You, like, when people throw interceptions, it's usually because, yes, there's some trash throws and all that. We just saw him by Ryan Tannehill. But for the most part, it's trying to take the deep shot. It's trying to be a little aggressive, trying to make a throw that, you know, could go either way, but still taking it upon yourself to put it in the best spot that you can to give your receiver the best shot to give your team a chance to move the ball in order to put up points in order to win the game. Aaron Rodgers doesn't take those chances because he knows interceptions are the biggest black mark on a quarterback's resume that there is. Completion percentage can be explained away. <clears throat> Um, you know, poor yards can be explained away, but interceptions, no, that's on you right there. You turned over the ball. You gave the other team an extra possession. Aaron Rodgers knows this, folks. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers is the only quarterback that is throwing all these kind of five or less interceptions in an entire season? Why do you think Tom Brady doesn't have, I think Tom Brady's least interception season is zero when he got injured for the year. Year, folks other than that it's like 10 maybe 10 is his lowest but how many Super Bowl rings does Tom Brady have because he takes the chances he takes the shot you risk it for the biscuit Aaron Rodgers doesn't risk it and how many biscuits does he have folks one how many times has he been to the biscuit store once Tom Brady risks it how many biscuits does Tom Brady have uh, what is it, seven, eight, nine? I've lost count because he's got so many. How many times has he been to the biscuit store, folks? Like 11, 10. I mean, double-digit Super Bowl appearances almost, I think. Um, Once again, the numbers are so crazy, folks. I can't even keep up with Tom Brady. I think it's nine wins, 11 appearances. He's got three losses, so eight wins, 11 appearances, nine wins, 12 appearances, whatever it is, it's wild. I think, uh, I forgot which one of the announcers, I want to say Chris Collinsworth, if, if, uh, I think it was Chris Collinsworth this weekend, saying Tom Brady has like three full seasons, three full seasons of playoff games alone. Do you know how absurd that is, folks? Risk it for the biscuit. Tom Brady. Interception numbers. That's what we're trying to get up here. Let's get that up quickly. Aaron Rodgers doesn't risk it. And Aaron Rodgers is not a leader. I do not care what y'all say. After that fumble by Mercedes Lewis, did you see the look by Aaron Rodgers? Was Aaron Rodgers on the sideline pumping up his teammates being like, all right, we're going to get it back. Hey, that's fine. We Okay, we still moved the ball on that drive. We just had an unfortunate error. They did not drive the ball for the rest of the game besides one drive where they scored points on. That was it. 
So, please spare me. There's more than just throwing the ball at the quarterback position. You must be the leader. You must be the leader. You must take the chances. You're Aaron Rodgers. You're too good to just throw balls away and avoid interceptions because it's going to look bad on you at the end of the day. You know what also looks bad on you, Aaron Rodgers, is that the fact that you've only been to one Super Bowl. I don't give a damn if Aaron Rodgers has thrown 1,000 interceptions. I don't give a damn if he threw 1,000 interceptions but won 10 Super Bowls. I'm going to call that man the greatest quarterback of all time. If Aaron Rodgers had one touchdown pass, 1,000 interceptions, but still somehow won 10 Super Bowls, greatest quarterback of all time. I do not care. Tom Brady, we've got the numbers. Here we go. Tom Brady's interception numbers. Here we go. We're just going to rattle him off from his first year in 2001 all the way up to this season. 12, 14, 12, 14, 14, 12, 8, 8. Oh, my goodness. He threw 8 a season. Did they win the Super Bowl in 2007? I think they did win the Super Bowl here. Um, let's see. They lost the Super Bowl. They lost in the Super Bowl, and he threw eight interceptions. Didn't risk it enough for the biscuit. All righty, here we go. Zero interceptions because he got injured. That was his tor torn ACL, something like that season. Unfortunate there. They still were second in the division, but whatever. Um, 13 interceptions. Four interceptions in 2010. Did they win the Super Bowl in 2010? Let's quickly check. Four interceptions here. Uh, lost in the divisional round. Lost in the divisional round. Aaron Rodgers, four or five interceptions this season. Lost in the divisional round. Low number of interceptions mean nothing, folks. Nothing. 12 interceptions, 8 interceptions, 11 interceptions, 9 interceptions, 7, 2. He only played 12 games that time. 8, 11, 8, 12, 12. So he started to kind of, you know, clean up the interception numbers at the back end of his career after he already won multiple Super Bowls, folks. So Aaron Rodgers, all right, you go out and get two more rings, then go out and throw one interception and we'll give you all the love that you want. But let's get the rings first and then worry about the stats and then worry about, you know, how I fare at the greatest of all time argument. Okay, okay, Aaron, damn. Damn, Aaron Rodgers, folks. Come on. Big flounder job here. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. And we'll always remember this moment right here, Aaron. We, I will never forget this moment. Do you understand me, Aaron Rodgers? I will never forget this day. I will never forget this game. You are a bum. Bum Aaron Rodgers. I'm done. Clown egg on his face. Rodgers. Done with the man. Man. Unclutch. Get it done, dude. Can you get it done? Can you, Aaron? Can you get it done single-handedly? Because I know four other quarterbacks that can right now. Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen, and I'm giving it to Joe Burrow. I'm taking Joe Burrow over Aaron Rodgers any day of the week in the playoffs. Give me Joe Burrow already. I've seen enough. Aaron Rodgers, goodbye, retire. We do not care. I love how Aaron Rodgers is so cryptic. I guess we, uh, can we head to that now? Um, we still got to break down the 49ers. 49ers didn't do anything great. Um, they didn't do anything good. The special teams won them the game here. Let's finish this up because I'm going to get right back to Aaron Rodgers. But Jimmy Garoppolo, 11 of 19, 131 yards, no touchdown, an interception here. He did clutch it up on that last drive. I'll give him credit for that.
Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, uh, Elijah Mitchell, 12 rushes for 53 yards. Debo Samuel, 10 rushes for 39 yards. George Kittle, 4 catches, 63 yards. Debo Samuel, 3 catches, 44 yards. And Elijah Mitchell, 3 catches, 18 yards. Once again, just that block punt. The defense truly got it done. Shout out to the kicking game as well for hitting the game winning. I don't think it was that long. I don't think it was um, McPherson long. 45 yards, still solid. We'll give him the man some credit there. But shout out to the 49ers for getting the win. But right back here to Aaron Rodgers here. Aaron Rodgers being so cryptic of, oh, am I going to retire? Am I not? And all this. Um, hang on. So Aaron Rodgers, you know, loving, hey, I may not be here, love playing the game. We don't care, retire, don't, we're over it, we're over, I'm over Aaron Rodgers, I'm over what Aaron Rodgers is as a person, I'm over how he carries himself here like he's God himself, does God himself, if God came down here, God would be the best quarterback of all time, folks, he would not flounder against Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs, I can guarantee you that, God himself himself would not flounder against Jimmy Garoppolo. So please, Aaron, spare us again. And then we get this right here. Aaron Rodgers on his future with the Packers. So many guys' contracts are up on the brink. A lot of decisions to be made. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild if I'm going to keep playing. So Aaron Rodgers, truly, I, 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 you can't come back from this. You must leave the Packers uh, because the only saving grace for Aaron Rodgers' potential grace of all time argument would be, hey, it was just the Packers holding me back. It wasn't the coach. It wasn't It wasn't Mike McCarthy at the, at the end of the day. It, it was uh, Matt LaFleur at the end of the day. It was the fan base. It was Devontae Adams. It was everybody holding Aaron Rodgers back besides Aaron Rodgers himself. Take some blame. Humble yourself and get over yourself. Stay with the Packers. Stay with the rebuild. That's what you are. You're no better than a rebuild, Aaron Rodgers. So please spare us. And then remember in the beginning of the season, folks, Aaron Rodgers tweeting out the last dance picture with Devontae Adams. This is the last dance. This is what MJ and Scottie Pippen would do. Lose to Jimmy Garoppolo in the divisional round at home. You're telling me Michael Jordan would do this? I don't think so. And then the perfect meme here, the last choke. Yes, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, let's choke this bitch one more time, shall we? We've done it so many times in the past. You know, this is probably going to be the last year playing together unless they go to some AFC team together, which potentially could happen. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit later in the week. But Aaron Rodgers, the last choke. One more choke, Devonta. You want to do one more choke? One more last dance? Garbage. Humble yourself, please, Aaron Rodgers. What an absolute disgrace to Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Now Aaron Rodgers is crossing sports boundaries and disrespecting the NBA on how unclutch this man is. Spare me. Spare me, Aaron Turtle Rodgers. Please go back in your shell. Okay? Damn. Damn. And then you know what? You know why we love Matt LaFleur so much, folks, and why, you know, I'm taking Matt LaFleur over Aaron Rodgers. Put Matt LaFleur as the quarterback. I don't give a damn. Uh, Matt LaFleur takes responsibility for the special teams' mistakes following the Packers' upset loss to the 49ers. Uh, Matt LaFleur not taken. Or taking all responsibility right here. Not saying, hey, I may not be here next year. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. I may not be the coach here. No, no, no. Sticking with the team. Uh, he's the head coach taking all the responsibility, even though we all know it was the special teams players on the field truly blowing the game here for the Packers. But Matt LaFleur taking credit, taking responsibility for the loss because that's what leaders do and that's what head coaches do. Once again, here it is. Um... 
Quote, that can't happen. It's unacceptable. And again, that's on me. Yes, the players, what they did was unacceptable. But at the end of the day, it's on me as the head coach. And that's what I love by Matt LaFleur. Folks, I preach it all the time on the show. If you put me at the head coaching position, I am taking the blame for everything. Quarterback throws an interception. That's on me. Quarterback misses a wide open receiver. That's on me. Defense blows the game like the Bucks defense blew the game. That's on me, the head coach. I'm not letting my players take the blame. I'm not letting the media put the blame on my players or run the story of blame on my players to distract the team or anything like that. It's on me. Put it all on me. Put it down. No, I don't want to put that like that. But uh, Matt LaFleur takes all the responsibility. Shout out to Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur, you deserve a lot better than Aaron Rodgers, and I hope you get that. I don't think it's in Trey Lance or Jordan Love, excuse me, but I hope you get it sometime soon. Matt LaFleur. Deserves all the respect by everybody. Every All the respect that y'all got for Aaron Rodgers, please give it to Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers deserves zero respect from here on out. <laughs> so, Packers lose. Aaron Rodgers flounders. Classic Aaron Rodgers. 49ers get the win on the road 13-10. to Alrighty, next game up here, Rams at the Bucks, and what the hell was this game, folks? What the heck was going on in this game? Everything was going great. The Rams were winning. They were kind of dominating this entire game, but then the turnovers happened, and they kept happening, and kept happening, and then they kept happening. They did not stop uh, until Tom Brady and the Bucks tied it up. Cool. Coincidence, foul play, who knows, folks, we'll never know. You can speculate, you can conspiratorialate, you can do whatever you want. You've got some good evidence, I'm not going to lie. It's like, okay, like when the game was going, we're like, okay, of course this would happen. Of course it's Tom Brady, of course this is happening. Another turnover, of course. Oh, Tom Brady quickly scores again. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, Jalen Ramsey gets burned by Mike Evans, the one play of the game that goes big for the touch down of course that would happen right so I get it folks but at the end of the day we'll never know so it's unfortunate but Rams finally pull out the win here uh, because the Bucks blew the defense shout out to Matthew Stafford and who was it who caught the ball here uh Cooper Cup of course it would be Cooper Cup shout out big time to Cooper Cup watching this game seeing how Cooper Cup played in this game you would call him the best wide receiver in the NFL at the current moment but then we still had one more game to go and Tyreek Hill said yeah he stole the crown for a little bit but I'm gonna take the crown back and Tyreek Hill is once again the best receiver in the NFL and this is not a knock to Cooper Cup. Don't get me wrong. Cooper Cup is fantastic, folks. So gosh dang good. So consistent, folks. Always getting open. But what Tyreek Hill has is just a little bit more special because he can just take it and run with it and go and not be caught. Yes, Cooper Cup is fast, but he can be tracked down. Tyreek Hill, we've got the play. We'll talk about it when we get to that game. He can't be tracked down. So I'm still putting Tyreek Hill over Cooper Cup as greatest wide receiver receiver currently in the NFL, but still, that's not a knock on Cooper Cup. Number 1B. I don't even want to put that man at number 2. We get 1A Tyreek Hill and 1B Cooper Cup. That's the only thing. It's not even a full number separating these two players. It's a letter, a sub-letter separating these two. So, please don't take anything that I'm saying right here out of, you know, res- out of disrespect or anything like that. Trust me, folks. I'm respecting the hell out of Cooper Cup, okay? 
I've got Rams shoes. I got a Rams mini helmet. All right. I love this Rams team. I love Cooper Cup. I truly love Sean McVay. Matthew Stafford finally giving getting his chance to prove what he can do on a good team in the playoffs. Tom Brady has been able to prove what he can do in the playoffs because he's been with great teams his entire career. Aaron Rodgers has been <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has been trying to show what he can do in the playoffs, but it always comes up short. Matthew Stafford finally having a good team and proving he is the real deal. And if the Lions were any remotely good his entire career, maybe he would already have a ring in multiple playoff wins under his belt, but it took him a couple of years to get out of Detroit, unfortunate, and now finally proving what he can do. I mean, they got off to a great start, folks. Field goal on their first drive, touchdown on their next drive, they have to punt, but they're right back to scoring with the field goal. And then they were this close to scoring right before halftime. But Cam Akers fumbles the ball on the one-yard line, folks. Man, oh, man. And once again, the turnovers almost ruined this Rams team. And I was, I was feeling so sorry for Sean McVay the entire game because the Rams were outplaying the Bucks the entire game. Folks, this really was not that close of a game. The Bucks could do nothing offensively, really, the entire game. Three points in the first half. And then the turnover started to happen um, by the Bucks there, or by the Rams in the uh, in the second half, third quarter, end of the fourth quarter, and that's when the Bucks started to put up all their points. The first half of this game, it was Rams big, Rams dominating, Rams almost could have truly put in put away the game multiple times here, but the turnovers kept the Bucks in it and really made it look like a competitive game. This was dominance here dominance here by the Rams and you give credit to Matthew Stafford Sean McVay Matthew Stafford didn't commit any of the turnovers Sean McVay didn't commit any of the turnovers unfortunately it was Cam Akers who returned the season off the ACL tear and fumbling the ball a couple uh, Cooper Cup, who never fumbles the ball, fumbles the ball, and then Brian Allen fumbled the ball as well. So four fumbles by this Rams team, keeping the Bucks in it. So let's you know take it what it is. This Rams team truly won this game. This was a win, and if the Bucks ended up winning this game, I would have felt so heartbroken for Sean McVay because Sean McVay is a genius, folks. This man is a true coach, a great leader. Even after this throw, folks, I love it. He pumps up his quarterbacks, folks. You gotta love the leader. Leadership that Sean McVay's hat that Sean McVay has after Matthew Stafford threw that big play 44 yard pass that caught the defense by the Bucks off guard. Sean McVay is the first one to track and hawk down Matthew Stafford and give him praise, give him a hug. That's what you need at the head coaching position, folks believing, trusting, showing that to your players, not just kind of, you know, blaming them when they're bad, lifting them up when they're good, and that's what makes Sean McVay so great and why I'm a true fan of this Rams team, honestly. Sean McVay has truly won me over. Um, so true dominance here by this Bucks team, or by this Rams team, excuse me, and Tom Brady kind of potentially, you know, taking advantage of all those turnovers. But, uh, yeah, Cam Akers fumbling right before halftime. Uh, didn't really truly derail them because start of the third quarter, they had to pump, but the Bucks punt, punt two, and then the Rams back to scoring touchdown. And then once again, another fumble here, leading a score to the uh, Bucks. Bucks fumble. Now we're at the start of the fourth quarter, folks. This is, this is how the fourth quarter went and how crazy it was. Bucks fumble. Rams fumble. Bucks can't do anything off that fumble. Turnover on downs. Rams miss a field goal. 
Bucks turnover on downs. Rams have to punt. Bucks get a touchdown. Rams fumble. Bucks get a touchdown. Rams get the go ahead walk off game winning field goal. So absolute insanity at the end of this game, turnover wise. Where in the end of the Bills Chiefs game, insanity scoring wise, touchdown wise. So here we go. Let's start with this Rams team. Matthew Stafford, folks. He throws the ball 28 of 38. We get 73%, baby. Absolutely love it. 366 yards slinging the ball around. Love it. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Fantastic clean flawless game here by Matthew Stafford now we will watch Matthew Stafford here on our Wednesday film study again here I think he did miss a few wide open passes that you know we probably should have taken instead of uh, getting sacked sometimes so once again decision making by Matthew Stafford we are gonna have to put it under the microscope we did see it a couple of times in the regular season haven't really seen it as of late here but now as the competition and the pressure truly get to Matthew Stafford Matthew Stafford is on in uncharted territory right here, never being to a championship game, never being to a divisional game, never being to a Super Bowl, not knowing how to play all these games. And once again, experience factor coming into the playoffs and all that. So Matthew Stafford truly cannot afford any mistakes here and really can't afford to miss any wide open kind of reads. So we'll take a quick look at that Wednesday in our film study to see if Matthew Stafford truly played a flawless game or not, but we'll see. So Matthew Stafford, great game all around here. Uh, rushing attack was okay. Cam Akers, 24 rushes for only 48 yards, and he had two fumbles. So um, didn't like that Sony Michelle only got one rush. You know, you, you got Cam Akers fumbling the ball, and you still don't utilize Sony Michelle. You know, Sony Michelle got you here. We like Cam Akers, don't get us wrong, but Sony Michelle helped you get here. He, You got him from the Patriots, and he's been a blessing to y'all, and then you give him one carry when Cam Akers was actively getting bottled up and acting actively fumbling the ball twice here so okay Sean McVay you know I know you want to stick with your players I get it but still Sony Michelle let's get him a little bit more involved let's start doing running back by committee Cam Makers doesn't need to be the main guy here you've already put your trust in Matthew Stafford to be the main guy so let's not kind of you know do a main passer a main running back a main receiver we know y'all love already Cooper Cup we get it so let's uh let's Rain it in a little bit and let's win games, all right? Let's not, once again, try to get all the credit yourself, all right? So we'll see how that progresses next week. Um, so Cam Akers, 24 rushes for 48 yards. Nothing good. Um, all right, and then in the pass, in the receiving game, who was Matthew Stafford slinging this ball to? Once again, no, no surprise at the top. Cooper Cup, nine catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. Once again, absolutely fantastic. He did fumble, though, which is uncharacteristic, but, you know, made up for it with that long bomb that set him up into field goal range at the end of the game for to win the game. So, Cooper Cup, uh, once again, nine catches for 183 yards and a touchdown. OBJ getting it done like always. Six catches, 69 yards. Tyler Higby, four catches, 41 yards. Von Jefferson, two catches for 29 yards. Cam Akers, three catches, 20 yards. Kendall Blanton, two catches, 18 yards and a touchdown. And then Sony Michelle, two catches, negative four yards. Okay, so Sony Michelle. Zero yards in total. Unfortunate. Please. Let's uh you know, let's run this man a little bit more out here. 
But uh, Rams, if uh, you know, if all those turnovers didn't happen, this Rams team is blowing out the Bucks. This is not a three-point close game. This is domination by the Rams, like we saw already earlier in the regular season. Rams dominant on the Bucks. Alrighty, now let's talk about the Bucks and Tom Brady. Tom Brady, folks, slung slung the ball 54 times. They were down. They were down big bad. They had to throw the ball. And Tom Brady, obviously you trust him to do that. So Tom Brady throws 30 of 54 55% completion percentage, unfortunate here. Didn't have a good game, but when you give him all those opportunities, when you give him multiple fourth chances, fourth, four second chances, he's going to take advantage of it, folks, and that's exactly what we saw. Once again, why Tom Brady is better than Aaron Rodgers, not just pure quarterback-wise, but also in the greatest of all time argument. Aaron Rodgers did not overcome that fumble by Mercedes Lewis, folks. He did not overcome that. They were floundering the entire rest of of the game. Tom Brady floundering the entire game here, caught some breaks in the fourth quarter by some great defensive efforts by the Bucks of forcing all those turnovers. Yes, the Rams, you know, unfortunate turning the ball over, but we also have to give credit to this Bucks team of forcing these turnovers. What was it? And Dominican Sue with the force fumble. We get Jamal Dean with the force fumble. We get Anton Winfield Jr. with a force fumble. So got to give them all credit for that, making big plays, especially that in Dominican Sue final fumble to truly tie up the game here for the Bucks. That was the most impressive turnover right there. And Indomitian Sue, uh, you know, the great defensive playmaker that he can be, truly got it done there uh, last night. So big time shout out to Indomitian Sue. But Tom Brady, uh, 329 yards, that's solid. One touchdown, one interception. Interception came, he also fumbled as well. Interception came in the second quarter, but only resulted to a Rams fumble. Almost score, that would have been, you know, on the one-yard line. That's the Cam Akers fumble on the one-yard line. But once again, Tom Brady getting bailed out on these turnovers, folks, like he did in the NFC Championship game against Aaron Rodgers last season. Classic Aaron Rodgers not taking it advantage of turnovers classic and then we had the fumble by Tom Brady in the fourth quarter which results into a fumble by the Rams which results into a turnover on downs for the Bucks, which results into a missed field goal by the Rams which results into a turnover on downs by the Bucks, which results into a punt by the Rams which results into a touchdown for the Bucks. so at the end of the day the Tom Brady fumble resulted into positive points for the Bucks once again folks, okay? So Tom Brady will always, always overcome any turnovers that he has. Nobody can ever make Tom Brady pay for his turnovers, and I don't know what the hell it is about it, folks. It's not like it's only been one year or one game. It's his entire career, folks. Championship games, Super Bowls, playoff games, regular season games. It doesn't matter. Can y'all start making Tom Brady pay for his turnovers, Please, y'all make every other quarterback pay for their turnovers all the time, but y'all can't do it to the greatest quarterback of all time. So Tom Brady must have some hex, some spell on the ball where when he turns over the football, the football is like, no points allowed. You shall not pass the goal line. You will not score on this ball. I don't know what Tom Brady is, folks. That just speaks to his goatness again. Again, you can't take 
points from him. You can't actively take the ball from Tom Brady and score points. It's some mojo. It's some men mentality. I don't I don't know what it is, folks. It's it's the spiritual. We we all know there's some sort of, you know, outside aspect to games and all that, folks. That is that is that. I don't. I can't explain it. It's otherworldly. It's uh, it's it's unseeable. You cannot see it in the air. But there is something in the air when Tom Brady turns over the ball. You can't do anything with it. I don't know what it is. We don't have the technology to understand what the hell it could possibly be. Don't know. I think it's ghosts. I think it's witches. I truly think it's witchcraft. But uh, we've got no proof of it. But make Tom Brady pay for his turnover. Because he didn't do it here. And you almost lost the game. Luckily, the Bucks defense beefed it big time on the 44-yard pass to Cooper Cup to set up the game-winning field goal. Alrighty, so here we go. T done with Tom Brady. All those turnovers, nobody <laughs> nobody scored any points off of. How unfortunate. Um, Alright, and then in the running game, Leonard Fournette. Huge game by him. Leonard Fournette. Man, oh man. That man is great, folks. You want Leonard Fournette on your team. The man steps it up tenfold in the playoffs. And for that, big time shout out to Leonard Fournette. Honestly, I mean, one of the most impressive clutch consistent playoff performers that there is in the league is Leonard Fournette folks truly recognize this man 13 rushes for Leonard Fournette 51 yards two touchdowns uh fourth and one correct let's go up to this uh fourth quarter touchdown fourth and one uh, Leonard Fournette, let me make sure this is 4th and 1, 4th and 1, Leonard Fournette on the 9-yard line, they pitch it to him, takes it off the edge, and that's a touchdown for Leonard Fournette, folks, so uh, when everybody was thinking, hey, they're just going to go up right up the middle, Leonard Fournette on 4th and 1, touchdown, easy peasy, so, and that was to tie the game right there, I believe. Yeah, that was to tie the game. So, Leonard Fournette, tie game, all that on fourth and one. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Big time shout out to Leonard Fournette. And he was doing it last year as well. Last year in the playoffs. Why they won the Super Bowl. Play off Lenny, running and catching the ball out of the backfield. And then there was some nice um, uh, floater by Tom Brady in this game that uh, Leonard Fournette caught with one hand. It was absolutely fantastic as well. So, Leonard Fournette starts to catch in the playoffs. He starts to run hard in the playoffs. It's the playoffs is when Leonard Fournette truly come he's like the groundhog he's like oh it's my time I don't see my shadow I think it's my time baby and he pops out and he runs for 51 yards and two touchdowns and then he catches for 56 yards so 100 yard performance by Leonard Fournette we'll take that absolutely all right, here we go. Receiving Mike Evans, eight catches for 119 yards and a touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, four catches, 85 yards, no touchdown. But, man, oh, man, I, feel, I, I, need, I need Tom Brady to retire just so Rob Gronkowski can retire because can we give some respect to Rob Gronkowski? The man looks like he's going to fall apart every single time he runs a route, folks. He catches the ball, and I'm just like, please, please just go down. Do not take a big hit. I cannot watch Rob Gronkowski get absolutely crippled here in football. He's a great he seems like a great guy, folks. He seems like a great teammate, a great leader, a great just person in general. Will always go to war for whoever for whatever reason, folks. Will never question anything. Will just go out there and not do what he's told, but he'll always buy in. He's a true team player. Like literally, he's that's exactly what Rob Gronkowski is. A 
team player. The most teamest player is that there has ever been in the NFL is Robert Gronkowski. The man, his back is already screwed up, but it doesn't matter. As long as Tom Brady is playing, Rob Gronkowski will always be there for Tom Brady. That, like, you, you can't find, if you can only get one friend in your entire life, you want to make sure that friend is Robert Gronkowski, okay? Big time shout out to this man, still putting his body on the line here, even though that he looks like he's going to break down at any moment. Shout out to this man, still getting it done. Four catches, 85 yards, still out there, still battling, and just being a great leader, teammate, and everything. I can't, re I can't respect it enough, folks, honestly. Big time shout out to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, do we go over Mike Evans? Mike Evans, leading receiver, eight catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. Yes, uh, Mike Evans got his kind of, you know, contribution, but I think it came a little bit too late. Uh, once again, like we were saying, this game was really over at halftime. This really should not have been a three-point game. Turnovers made it like this, and yes, turnovers are a point of the game, so we still give the Bucks defense credit, but overall, the Rams, they won the game at the end of the day, and it really should have been in dominating fashion. But I think the Bucs were a little too conservative with Mike Evans throughout this game. We really didn't get him opening up until all those turnovers happened, until they needed to kind of sling the ball around because they were down big bad late in the second half where they had no option to sling the ball down the field. And I just thought you could probably get Mike Evans a little bit more involved early on in the game. And I know it's hard because you got Jalen Ramsey, but when you threw to him, he burned him. So why didn't you take those chances a little bit earlier in the game? So that was probably the one knock that I have on this Bucks team this game was not getting Mike Evans more involved, not taking more deep down the field shots at Mike Evans. They were once again utilizing him a little bit in the short game, screen game early on um, like they were doing last week um, in the playoffs that we didn't really love against the Eagles. Um, just let the man work. He's your best receiver. Tom Brady. You saw what Tom Brady and Randy Moss did. Mike Evans is good. I'm not putting him like Randy Moss, but maybe a knockoff version of Randy Moss. Absolutely. And we've seen them hook up down the field before. So I really thought the Bucks should have been more aggressive offensively. I know the Rams defense is very, very good, folks. You don't have to tell me that. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you must trust your weapons. And if I got Tom Brady and Mike Evans on potentially Tom Brady's last ride right here, potentially last playoff game against the Rams team that I've already lost to. I'm going to take some shots here and live and die by Tom Brady and Mike Evans. Uh, what else are we going to live and die by? Screen passes, dinking and dunking. That's what I want to live and die by? No, thank you. Uh, so I thought they just waited a little bit too long to utilize Mike Evans, but unfortunate. All right, uh, Leonard Fournette, nine catches, 56 yards. Scotty Miller, four catches, 38 yards. And then Tyler Johnson, three catches for 15 yards. So, the Bucks, man, they kept it close because of the turnovers. I give them credit for cashing in on turnovers late. Tom Brady being clutch when he needed it, when he needed to, um, given all of his chances. And, uh, unfortunately, they come up a little bit short. Rams win 30-27. to And now we have the question, is this Tom Brady's last ride here? Is this his final game? I don't really think it is. But, uh, you know, he says he's going to kind of take his time, and he's not really sure. So we'll see what Tom Brady does. Once again, you know, big talk. Hey, I'll play till I'm 50. I'll play till I'm 100. I don't care. And then at the last, like, week, two weeks, we've been kind of getting reports that he's going to retire. It just kind of came out of nowhere. But we'll see what Tom Brady decides to do. Uh, retire, don't retire. You're still the greatest of all time as of now because let's talk about this last game, the best game of the weekend, folks. Boo!
Bills at the Chiefs. Holy moly. I'm un- I'm truly upset that there had to be a loser in this game. Man, oh man, Josh Allen and the Bills just come up short here, losing overtime 42-36 to to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Man, oh man, everybody's got to be feeling for Josh Allen uh, today of not being able to win that game. Not because of what Josh Allen did. They were, they they won the game. There was 13 seconds left. They were winning the game because of Josh Allen. Fourth down, big time throw, escape. I mean, he was under duress really all game long. Chiefs defense getting to Josh Allen. But what is Josh Allen doing, folks? Escaping out of the pocket, shaking off those tackles. Once again, shout out to these big, bodied quarterbacks. We're done with the shorties, folks. Josh Allen was escaping everything last night, keeping the play alive and then slinging the ball downfield for touchdowns and big gains and picking up the first downs on third and long, fourth and long. It didn't matter. Josh Allen was clutch as clutch can be and unfortunately it is all for naught because he ends up losing this game. So he was disappointed. Obviously, we all see, we all saw this man on the sideline with his helmet on, um, just, just de- not de- defeated, but defeated in the sense that uh, you know he lost, not defeated as in like, hey, I'm giving up. Defeated as in like, man, I just played the greatest game that I have ever played. And if you told me Josh Allen would perform like this in his first two years, I'd be like, are you smoking crack? You're telling me Josh Allen goes five touchdowns last week, four touchdowns this week, no turnovers. You tell me that his first two years, I'm like, you're smoking crack. You're talking about the defensive player, Josh Allen, who must have turned offensive quarterback because what we saw out of Josh Allen those first two years, there's no way we were thinking he would do anything like this. So the growth of Josh Allen, the believability that the Bills had in Josh Allen to stick with them, and then for Josh Allen to repay the Bills and be like, I'm going to lead y'all to the mother-loving promised land, I promise y'all. And then the defense beefing it in overtime, causing them the loss. Truly unfortunate there. So Josh Allen had a fantastic game. Big time comebacks. Let's start with these comebacks quickly. Uh, The touchdown drive right here that gave them the lead. Uh, no, they didn't have any fourth down conversions there. Interesting. Hang on. Let me go back to this touchdown right here. The touchdown that gave them the lead that once again was taken real quickly by the Chiefs right here. Uh, Josh Allen on fourth and four scrambles for the first down. Bingo, bango. Fourth and 13. Gabriel Davis wide open in the back of the end zone because Gabriel Davis was out here murdering defensive players, folks. Absolutely demolishing these defensive players. Let me see. I got all these tweets up here. Here it is right here. Gabriel Davis on this 4th and 13. This is 4th and 13, folks. This corner gets absolutely obliterated by Gabriel Davis. That little kind of quick shake out. Then go right back in. Drops the man instantly. Josh Allen sees it all the way and uh, uh, takes the lead right there. Josh Allen, man oh man, and Gabriel Davis. Four touchdowns for that man. Holy moly. How clutch was Gabriel Davis? 
So, shout out to that. Shout out to Gabriel Davis for murdering defenders out here. Um, let's uh, let's go over. I mean, we don't need to talk about these games. These uh, we all know what happened. Let's talk about the big plays um, in the controversial overtime, and let's break down some stats quickly. And then we, I've got all these tweets lined up. We, there's a lot to talk about in this game. We all know what happened. Josh Allen was magnificent. Um, Patrick Mahomes was magnificent as well. Once again, yes, Josh Allen is great, but man, oh man, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we're starting to get now, now like another Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, who's truly the greatest of all time. We're going to get kind of that with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Yes, Josh Allen is great, and he deserves so much credit, but can we talk about Patrick Mahomes as well, folks, getting it done? Big time answering. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes both answering each other every single time. So, yes, you know, Josh Allen is great, but we can't knock or take anything away from what Patrick Mahomes has done, folks. And I don't want to knock Josh Allen. I don't want this, what I'm about to say, come off as a knock to Josh Allen. But Patrick Mahomes... He's hosting four straight AFC Championship games, folks. Josh Allen just got good last year. Patrick Mahomes has been good, okay? So, man, oh, man, yes, Josh Allen is great, but so is Patrick Mahomes. And just because Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs got the, got the coin toss and got the ball first in overtime, we're supposed to take things away from Patrick Mahomes? So let's not get lost in the shuffle. And I know there's, folks, there's so much to talk about and break down. It's absolutely absurd. Twitter last night um, was just absolutely absurd. It, you know, live time reaction, that's fine. It's fun to do. It's fun to, you know, look and overreact and then come back maybe a day later and be like, is that an overreaction or not? But still, we've got to give credit, a ton of credit and respect to Patrick Mahomes. Yes, we can celebrate Josh Allen, but let's not knock Patrick Mahomes and take anything away from him just because he got he won the overtime coin toss. He called Josh Allen called it wrong. Josh Allen called tails and it was heads, I believe. So Josh Allen Eh, not maybe not 100% good quarterback because he can't call the coin because he can't call the coin toss right, okay? So Josh Allen, you're going to have to kind of work on your coin toss calling skills in the offseason. Um, but let's uh, talk about these stats because these are absolutely just great right here. And then we'll get into all these stories and individual performances that we truly have to break down. And the controversial overtime topic that we will talk about. But here we go. Josh Allen, magnificent game. Let's shout out him. Let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? Because there was so much to shout out here. I know there's, it's, I always hate saying this and it's so cliche and it's just so like, bleh, like sportsmanship. I, I, I don't mind sportsmanship, but I'm not like shoving sportsmanship down everybody's throat like everybody loves to do. Like unsportsman like penalties, everyone's all for them in the NFL imp implementing them. I hate that. I like Tom. I love, you know, uh, smack talk. I love all that. I hate shoving sportsmanship. Hey, you've got to shake the other player's hand. Hey, we've got to line up and kind of, you know, shake each other's hand at the end of the game. I, I don't, I, I do it, not do it. I don't care. I just hate that it's shoved down. Be disrespectful. I don't give a damn. You have to live up to it. If you're the one being disrespectful, you're the one that's going to get kind of flamed in social media, flamed on the media if you're not living up to that. So you're only putting pressure on yourself by being disrespectful and kind of unsportsmanlike and taunting. But hey, if that's your prerogative, I'm not going to stop you. This is competition, folks. This is the highest level of competition you can get. Um, and maybe all of sports, folks. Maybe. Um, so, you know, spare me a little bit with the sportsmanship and all that. You know, okay. But uh, here we go. Josh Allen. 27 of 37. 
72% completion percentage, 329 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, slinging the ball around. Um, clutch as clutch can be, unfortunately, just did not get to touch the ball in overtime, but that's not his fault. That's the defense's fault. And once again, can we relax? I hate folks. Oh, I hate it so much. Can we all just stop doing coaching interviews during your season? Leslie Frazier, number one defense, getting interviewed for head coaching jobs, and this is what you do? You let the Chiefs score the ball with 13 seconds left? This is who you want as your head coach who can't win a playoff game? I mean, folks, who cares about the regular season? Who plays for the regular season? You play for the playoffs. I'm not hiring anybody. I'm not talking to anybody during the uh, during the season at all. I will see what was it, what happens. I will take the full body of work because why am I getting a coach that I know can't get it done in the playoffs when the goal is to win the Super Bowl? Do y'all see how crazy that is? It's like absurd. So this man flounders. The number one defense by the Bills all season long. Flounders gives up 42 points by the Chiefs. Can't uh, allows a touchdown in overtime. Allows multiple touchdowns to answer everything that Josh Allen has done this game. And this is who you want as your head coach? Come on. Can we all just stop? Stop interviewing during the season. It drives me absolutely crazy. If I was a head coach on a team, I am not allowing anybody to interview. I don't care. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you may not get the job you want. I'm sorry if you may not get a job. But we're focused on the task at hand, and that's to win the game right fucking now. You know, pardon my language, but we're here to win right fucking now. I don't care if you win later in your career. I'm trying to win as a head coach. We're trying to win. Football family. Everybody needs to lock in. Everybody needs to get rid of the distractions. Uh, that's what everybody preaches in offseason. OTAs, hey, you're here. Everybody must buy in. Everybody must make these sacrifices. But coaches can actively have the biggest distraction. Hey, you may be a head coach. You may be the big mamu around here on a new team. That's the biggest distraction that you can get as a coach. And you're actively letting them go and interview during week of pep preparation to beat the Chiefs that you did not beat last season in the playoffs? Congratulations. You beat the Chiefs in the regular season. Does that mean anything? Obviously not because the Chiefs are in the AFC Championship game and the Bills are once again at home not in the Super Bowl. So can we please, for the love of goodness, it drives me absolutely bonkers. Stop with the coaching interviews until your season is over. I absolutely cannot stand it. Truly. But let's get back to Josh Allen because he's so gosh dang good. Fantastic, Josh Allen. Um, we, uh, what, what, what more can I say about Josh Allen? We all know he was fantastic. Flawless, almost flawless last night. He's got like 14 incompletions these last two games. Do you know how absurd that is? Nine touchdowns, four in, 14 incompletions. It's absolutely absurd. No turnovers, absolutely absurd. Give the Bills their credit. Josh Allen obviously deserves all the credit in the world. All right, Josh Allen running the ball. Another huge, great aspect for this Bills team. Josh Allen, and all these weren't designed runs. Uh, some of these were, um, you know, getting pressured by the Chiefs defense, almost being brought down. But once again, the big, beefy quarterbacks can shake him off. And Josh Allen buying time with his legs and making all these great plays happen. That's probably the, uh, is that the biggest takeaway from Josh Allen this season? His next step in development of being a true dual threat quarterback. I tweeted it last night and I still stand behind it, folks. Josh Allen right now is better than Cam Newton in his prime. Anybody got anything to say about that? 
I don't know if you should, but if you do, hit me up on Twitter. We'll hash it out. But, um, yeah, Josh Allen is better than Prime Cam Newton, hands down, no debate. No debate. Like, no debate, folks, honestly. So Josh Allen, 11 rushes for 68 yards. Devin Singletary, 10 rushes, 26 yards and a touchdown. And once again, I was a little frustrated. I know they only ran Devin Singletary 10 times, and that's, you know, that's not even a lot. Like, I should not even be saying this because, you know, 10 rushes is not that much. But when they were rushing Devin Singletary, why? Why in the fourth quarter were you rushing this man? I know Josh Allen was getting pressure, and you want to kind of, you know, ease that off by establishing the running game. But Josh Allen was doing everything for this team. The man was literally doing everything for this team. Clutch as can be and then you were just giving it to the running back maybe kind of you know breaking up the momentum just a tad but that's probably the one knock that I have on offense uh, by this Bills uh, team and Brian Dable and then we get uh, Isaiah McKenzie three rushes for 15 yards Alrighty, and then who was Josh Allen sling the ball to uh, Gabriel Davis eight catches 201 yards, four touchdowns, immaculate. Uh, Cole Beasley, six catches, 20 yards. Devin Singletary, four catches, 25 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, one catch, 16 yards. Devin or Dawson Knox, two catches, nine yards. And then Stephon Diggs, folks, three catches for seven yards. The man, Josh Allen, put up 36 points, was 13 seconds away from beating this Chiefs team and advancing to the AFC Championship game without getting Stephon Diggs involved at all. At all. That is impressive. Everybody uh, attributes Josh Allen's success as a quarterback to Stephon Diggs. Well, what is this, folks? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Truly fantastic. Alrighty, so everybody on the Bills was great. Josh Allen, fantastic, absolutely. Now we talk about the Chiefs, who once again, everybody was fantastic on this. This is the greatest, I don't know if I said this before, uh, but this was the greatest game I have ever seen. Yes, yes, is this the greatest game of NFL history? I think it's definitely up there, definitely top three. And I may say this is number one. This is how great this game was. It was close all throughout the final two minutes. It's explosive crazy, overtime crazy, back and forth, grade after grade after grade after grade. And, uh, you know, we got, uh, you know, it wasn't as explosive in the first half, but it was still entertaining, clutch and close as heck. Man, oh, man, but that, those final two minutes, uh, I think 25 points scored in the final two minutes. How crazy is that? Um, it's just, it's, I can't, I still can't even fathom the game, truthfully. Just crazy. Uh, but here we go. Patrick Mahomes goes 33 of 44, folks. 75% completion percentage. Still great. 378 yards. Three touchdowns. No picks. Fantastic. No turnovers. Clean, flawless game by Patty Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, leading rusher, just like Josh Allen, seven carries for 69 yards. This was his career longest, his career most rushing yards in a game. Patrick Mahomes deserves some credit here, too. We can still, you know, praise Josh Allen, but let's not lose Patrick Mahomes in the praise, okay? Let uh, the team in rushing and set the record for what he does. Man, oh, man, seven rushes, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, seven rushes, 60 yards. Miko Harmon, two rushes, 31 yards, a touchdown. And then Jarek McKinnon, 10 rushes for 24 yards, trying to get it going. 
All right, and then who was Patrick Mahomes slinging the ball to? Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 151 yard, 150 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 8 catches, 96 yards, a touchdown. Jared McKinnon, 5 catches, 54 yards. Brian Pringle, 5 catches, 29 yards, a touchdown. Miko Harmon, 1 catch, 26 yards. And Noah Gray, 2 catches for 14 yards. So once again, both of these offenses were absolutely magnificent. Chiefs win the overtime toss and take it down all 75 yards for the touchdown to Travis Kelsey. Alrighty, so now that we got the basics out of the way, let's start going over all what happened here in these tweets. So, like we saw, Gabriel Davis burning defenders on the 4th and 13 play right there. Absolutely murdered, dropped them, calling ambulance right there for the man. Man, oh man, and well done for Josh Allen to, to deliver the ball there. Alrighty, what is this next tweet up? I got to refresh him because I don't know. Uh, Tyreek Hill chalking up the deuces again. And ooh, ooh, folks, again, this is a canvas next season. I'm already spoiling it. I am getting the Tyreek Hill chalking up the deuces. And this is why Tyreek Hill is the greatest receiver currently in the NFL. Once again, no disrespect to Cooper Cup. He is number two. But this is what separates Cooper Cup from Tyreek Hill. Uh, the speed right here. Here's Tyreek Hill, 40 yards, and is going to just net navigate and weave his way and go between all these defenders and just beat him off the speed. Cooper Cup does not have this speed. He's great. He's got good speed, but it's not take the top off the defense, actively outrun this last defender who is five yards in front of him with three defenders chasing him and chalking up the deuces before he's even in front of the defenders. This man is four yards, two yards in front of Tyreek Hill and Tyreek Hill is already chalking up the deuces. We saw two years or last season Tyreek Hill chalking up the deuces against the Bucks, and then the Bucks do it to him in the Super Bowl. But what is the difference here? Tyreek Hill gets the last chalked up the deuces because now the Bucks are eliminated from the playoffs and the Chiefs are going to the AFC Championship game. The deuces, folks. The deuces by Tyreek Hill. Maybe the best separate, uh, celebration. And don't hit me with this. Oh, it's taunting. I just told y'all how I feel about. Uh, sportsmanship and all that. You, we don't need it. Stop it. Taunting penalties need to be taken out. Uh, taunting, if you want to throw taunting because he's chalking up the deuces saying, hey, you won't catch me, and then actively shows, hey, you won't catch me, that's taunting. I think that's just spitting facts right here. Hey, you're not going to catch me. Hey, you're not going to catch me. And watch Tyreek Hill literally blow right by him. Hey, he didn't catch him. This is just a foreshadowing. This is just foreshadowing in, in uh, literature. In uh, literature, foreshadowing is like, like, gushed over. Lo they they love foreshadowing. Oh, did you see the eyes? Did you see the eyes uh, on the billboard of the Great Gatsby? That was foreshadowing that they were always watching, always looking. God was always looking, okay? They love foreshadowing. foreshadowing. So, this is just foreshadowing by Tyreek Hill, okay? The deuces, and this is a canvas absolutely next season. Um, man, oh man, Tyreek Hill, best receiver because of the speed. Cooper Cup is not running between these two defenders and still being able to outrun them all. Not happening. Not happening. Tyreek Hill, best receiver in the NFL. Cooper, Cooper Cup, 1B. Once again, Tyreek Hill, 1A. Cooper Cup, 1B. Alrighty, then here we go. The game winner in overtime, Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league. Shout out to Tight End University, the creator, uh, co-creator, one of the co-creators of Tight End University. Travis Kelsey's one lone touchdown here comes in overtime on a back shoulder catch in the end zone. 
catch possession control two feet down game winner walk off touchdown in overtime and I know we only kind of started we only tracked like the greatest tight ends this season uh, up until like week seven or eight and you know we had to kind of ditch it because it was taking up way too much time in the show but Ty- Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league we've already seen it it's right here uh, clutch as clutch can be biggest time moment right here and he makes the play Travis Kelsey best tight end in the league we can crown him you know Summa cum laude, honors right here, graduating tight end university this season. Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the league. Man, oh man, clutch your sack. Love it. All right, what else do we get up here? Um, all right, now going back, remember, 14 seconds left for the Chiefs to go down and tie or to uh, tie the game to force overtime right here. We get this fact right here. The game-tying field goal drive by the Chiefs, 13 seconds, took less time than Dak Prescott's quarterback run, 14 seconds. That unfortunately got them eliminated from the playoffs. That's just absolutely absurd. Dak Prescott could not run 20 yards, down the ball, clock the ball, before Chiefs moved all the way down to get into field goal range. How crazy is that? Absolutely madness. All right, what else do we get here? Uh, a couple more here. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Andy Reid to Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left. When it's grim, be the grim reaper. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We talk about coaches being leaders and all that. And what a phrase. What a phrase. Imagine you're in this scenario right here. You're just on the bench, you know, preparing for the team to kick off for you to go onto the field and you get your coach, coach to quarterback, the greatest connection that needs to be on the field. And Andy Reid, never having any doubt in you, just casually comes over, kind of leans over your helmet and says, when it's grim. Be the Grim Reaper and just walks away. And Patrick Mahomes, not even acknowledging him, not looking him in the eye. He's just got his head down, just trying to get in the mood, get in the rhythm, thinking everything through. Then we get the, you know, Andy Reid, hey, when it's Grim, be the Grim Reaper. Walks away. Patrick Mahomes just like probably smirking a little bit, being like, he's fucking right. I'm going to be the fucking Grim Reaper. I love Josh Allen, but I'm about to murder this man's uh, legacy. He's getting no wins over me. And then he goes and marches 13 seconds for the mother-loving tie for the mother-loving win. So once again, Andy Reid, great coach, great motivator, all that. And you need that on the team. Once again, why we put so much head, you know, so much stake in the head coaching position. Why you don't want defensive-minded head coaches right here. Where was the defense in this game? Where was the defense in this game? I swear to goodness, if any of these teams that are still looking for coaches watch this game and then actively sign a defensive coordinator for their head coaching spot, what are you doing? Did you not just see what Andy Reid did a offensive minded head coach if Brian Flores is the head coach for this Chiefs team do you think Patrick Mahomes is driving 13 seconds for the game tying field goal no no stop it with the defensive coaches at the head coaching spot it is driving me insane folks it is driving it's driving me insane folks I'm truly going insane because I just don't get what people um people are thinking out here hiring defensive minded coaches at the head coaching position after seeing Sean McVay after seeing Andy Reid I only get offensive geniuses at the head coaching spot 
Ooh, and I, whoever hires Vance Joseph, whoever hires Vance Joseph as their head coach, I I will not even talk. To, I will not talk about that team. I'm I'm serious, folks. I will not talk about one team next year, and it's whoever gets Vance Joseph as their head coach. And so help me goodness, if it is the Miami Dolphins, I will officially change my fandom live on the show to another team. I don't know which team it is, but I will do it, folks. Vance Joseph is not head coach. Please... I'm going crazy, folks. Let me get back on track because I'm about to go crazy. All righty. Uh, this is the uh, picture that we are going to put on the canvas. Uh, Tyreek Hill chalking up the deuces. This is going to be the canvas next season. May even expedite it for the offseason. We'll see how it goes. Uh, a couple more quickly here. Uh, Chiefs, first team to host four straight a uh, AFC ch uh, conference championships there in the AFC. So uh, four straight conference championship games here. Which is just once again spectacular. Uh, Patriots didn't do that. Tom Brady never did that. How crazy, right? Um, so Patrick Mahomes still deserves credit, folks. Yes, we want to give credit to Josh Allen, but let's not take anything away from Patrick Mahomes. And then once again, the biggest debate right here: should the overtime rule change, folks? No, no. Can we get some defense up in here? Can somebody stop somebody? There was 13 seconds. You're telling me we need both teams touching the ball because your team couldn't stop somebody for 13 seconds? Once again, why does everybody play so far off when the game, when it's like this? When you've got a big lead, you're just actively giving them yards. It drives me crazy. Another thing that truly drives me insane. What are we doing? Press. Press. There's 13 seconds. Press them. Hold them up. One play. It's going to take seven seconds that knocks off seven seconds leaving six seconds and then you're pretty much good to go you just guard the end zone from that point so please stop giving them room to run you see what Tyreek Hill can do he can murder you with it so please press at the line of scrimmage when there's 13 seconds left and you're up three points please for the love of goodness stop slacking off it makes no sense and then you're gonna come at me with oh well the Bucks you know they blitzed and they lost the game because of that yeah they blitzed I'm not blitzing and also they didn't hear the call everyone's going around like um the people on the Bucks defense didn't know the call. They didn't didn't hear what the call was. So I'm not blitzing. I'm not telling you to blitz, and I'm not telling you to not tell your players what to do. I'm telling you, blitz, uh, press at the line of scrimmage. I'm rushing three. I'm pressing the receivers at the line of scrimmage. I'm having three safeties that are decently back, not too far back, maybe about 25, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. Uh, maybe not even that, maybe even 15. But uh, then, you know, you run with whoever gets by. Whichever receiver gets, you know, by the press, at the line of scrimmage, that's what the safeties take. So I don't understand. Can can somebody give me the keys? Let me be the head coach. Can I be the head coach, please, I, of a team? Uh, I've got 300 subscribers on YouTube. I think I'm qualified, please. Um, so no, no, the overtime rule does not need to be changed. It's fine. It's do or die. It's supposed to be like that. The game was entertaining as heck. If we had overtime rules like that, it would have just kept going and going and going and going because these quarterbacks are fantastic. The defense, there is more than one facet of this game. There's three, in fact, offense, defense, special teams. Packers know special teams can ruin the game for you. Should we get rid of special teams because they hurt Aaron Rodgers? Come on, folks. 
So, yes, your defense needs to get a stop. The defense gave up 43 points, folks. That's a little absurd, don't we think? Um, so, can we all just stop with the overtime rule needs to be changed? It's nonsense. And even Josh Allen saying, quote, if it was the other way around, we'd be celebrating too. Talking about the overtime rule of him not getting the ball. So, exactly that. You, It's unfortunate. Sometimes the rules hurt you. Sometimes the rules help you. That's how it is in life, too. Not everything is equal. Not everything is always going to be fair. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. You must make... Make what you can do and count it. And the defense here, the number one defense. You're telling me the number one defense needs a needs extra extra help in overtime because they're so gosh damn bad. Well, that speaks to the defense, doesn't it, folks? So please spare me with the overtime rule needs to be changed. It is fine. You could not stop them if they get the field goal. Nobody would be crying. Nobody would be crying. But the Bills defense was so trash that they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes. Or Patrick Holmes and Tiger Hill were so gosh dang good and Travis Kelsey were so gosh dang good that you can stop them. And for that point, they deserve to win the game because of that. So the overtime rule, honestly, 100% does not need to be changed at all. Alrighty, holy moly, what a show, what a long show. This Is this one of a, uh, we went two hours, four minutes, Jesus Louise. Alrighty, folks. So now we're all caught up, folks, on what happened this week. Um, in the divisional round playoffs, now we got the final four teams, folks. AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, NFC. Oh my goodness, I've been talking for two hours, folks. I am out, folks. I am truly out here. Oh man, AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game coming up this week, Sunday, both games. Uh, Tuesday, what do we got going on Tuesday? Breaking on the NBA, we'll probably go over some stories. I'm sure there's a lot more to talk about here for these games and all that. Um, I can't hear for, you know, more Aaron Rodgers quotes and all that. So we'll break down stories tomorrow. Wednesday, film study, watching these teams perform, seeing who we're buying into, heading into the uh, championship Sunday. We got predicting the lines on Thursday, picks on Friday, and everything that we need to cover up and clean up all the way up into championship Sunday, folks. All righty. So we are back live tomorrow around noon Eastern, folks, doing it all again here. We've had a great time today, folks. Hopefully you did as well. We will see you tomorrow, folks, and hopefully your team didn't get burned by special teams or the overtime loss. So we're back live tomorrow noon Eastern, folks. We'll see you. Have a great one. And uh